The autumn wind is a pirate. Welcome, Raider Nation, to the Raider Nation podcast. And I'm your host, Raider Greg. Welcome to our show. This show, which is going to be the show, (laughs) Uh, 606. Stay tuned. We got some more to get onto about this team. Uh, The season is gone. It's now all about the drama. Right, Raider Nation, on this show, we will have this coach. We're going to talk about him a little more in a different aspect, of course. And we have a homer alert, because I'm going to start doing that now, because there's players that are coming out that are employed by the league, employed by the Raiders, that have to toe the line, because they cannot come out against the coach, or they'll be banished to, well, home media, just like me or a bunch of other guys. Um, Now, there's a guy named Sanji that has become a super homer. Um, He wants to get access, I can tell, because of his tone and the way he's talking about the team. (laughs) Everybody else that I see, um, Raider Renz, I mean, the Raiders report... There's a more of a reality of the facts of the case, not a bunch of hooey, horse patooey, etc., etc. Um, and so that's what we'll go to first. We'll go to a post game for this last joke against the Colts and a high school coach uh, and a 40-year-old or 100-year-old quarterback who ran for 35 yards. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about the Bronco game because he's going back to the nuclear devastation that he left in Bronco country where they'll probably, you know, cheer him on because he's a coach of the Raiders. We hit the bone line last, call it a day, and move on from this mess of a team. Right, we have a homer alert. Homer alert, Rich Gannon. Homer alert. Homer alert. Homer alert. Rich Gannon. Someone who I had respect for for a very long time, but now, as of now, I've lost complete respect for this once great player for our team. This knucklehead's blaming Derek Carr. Now, I know all you car haters out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not Carr. Trust me. You can look at the play calling. You can look at the buffoonery. And I'll tell you all the reasons why we're not winning. But it's not Derek Carr. Rich Gannon is a homer. Jeff Saturday and the Indianapolis Colts roll into town and find a way to get a win 25-20. 
And if you look at this game, this is really a microcosm of really what's happened the entire season for the Las Vegas Raiders. Their inability to win close games. When you look at the amount of money that this team has committed to their big players offensively, $340 million in contracts to Derek Carr, Devontae Adams, Darren Waller, and Hunter Renfro. Now, they just put Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro on an injured reserve. Both those players have missed significant time this season, particularly the tight end Darren Waller. And that has had a huge impact on Carr's ability with ball distribution. Defensively, this is a defense a lot like last year that can't get to the quarterback and can't take the ball away. They went out and spent a lot of money on Chandler Jones. He has yet to have a sack this season. The only player that you can really count on on the Raiders' defense is Max Crosby. He gives you everything he has every single snap. But when you look at the other players, you just don't see that same effort, that same enthusiasm, that same intensity. And finally, let me just pay off what's going on with the Raiders' offense as it relates to Derek Carr. You know, Derek hasn't played horribly, but he really hasn't played well, especially late in games. At some point, he has to step up and play better. I think there's enough tools in the toolbox to get it done. And Derek Carr hasn't, especially when they needed him the most late in games. If you look at his one-loss record, 59-77, and that really says it all. Derek Carr has to find a way to put this team on his shoulders and get them to the finish line. Rich Gannon is a homer. He's a homer because he gets paid. Gets paid by the league. Gets paid by the Raiders. He gets a check. I don't want to listen to him. Sanji, trying to get in the locker room. Sorry, not listening to him either. He's got a bunch of buffoey as well. Homer alert. Homer alert. Homer alert. Sanji from Las Vegas Raiders Network. Rome was not built in one day. And Josh McDaniels is here to stay. That is what Mark Davis just told us today. Mark Davis said the following. He said that people in today's world want instant gratification. Josh McDaniels coached only nine games. We're two and seven. That's not the results we're looking for. But at the same time, we've lost six one score games with the ball and a chance to win at the end. Think about what Mark Davis is saying right now. He's saying that we are 0-6 with one score games, right? We've lost these games where we've had the opportunity to win. And he basically committed to Josh McDaniels and I absolutely love it. Uh, Mark Davis committed to Josh McDaniels. Um, He's done this pretty much every single week at this point. And it doesn't surprise me. And I think it's the right way forward. Now, I know there's going to be some people who are going to say there's no reason why the Raiders should stick with Josh McDaniels. He hasn't shown to be a good football coach. He hasn't shown that players are ready to play for him. Um, But you can also say players may not like to lose. And maybe that's where the flat energy is kind of coming from. Regardless of that, Mark Davis realizes that consistency is key. And I agree with Mark Davis. Uh, But more recently... Literally, just in the last hour or two, an article dropped by The Athletic. Um, And this isn't the guys that cover the Raiders. This is an actual NFL insider, Jeff Howe, who has legit sources within league circles. Uh, He's came out and put it out there that Josh McDaniel, the Raiders head coach, has been given assurances by the ownership that he'll return in 2023. Josh McDaniels has been told he will be here next season. That's 
big that's that's massive and i know some people are gonna say it's probably just a fake report but i don't think so uh, jeff howe the guy that wrote this is a very solid source not only did mark davis come out today and uh, show support for josh mcdaniels publicly but apparently there's people who have now confirmed that josh mcdaniels has been given the assurance which means the Raiders can finish with two wins this entire season and josh mcdaniels will be our coach next year i think Mark Davis is giving Josh Daniels the power and Dave Ziegler the power to build this team into a winning football team. Uh, Mark Davis gave Josh McDaniels a four-year contract, and I almost feel like Mark Davis doesn't want to fire him, pay him for the next three years, and then have to pay another coach on top of that. Mark Davis isn't that type of guy that has the money to do those type of things. So it's kind of interesting that mark davis has made that commitment but i love it i think it's the right way forward you got to stay consistent with your offensive uh, players plus think about a scenario if the raiders come into next year with either the best defensive tackle the best defensive end or the best quarterback out of this next or out of the next draft class right think about a scenario where one of these guys comes into the raiders system would you rather have them have to learn a brand new system where those guys are learning a system and every other player are learning a new system? Or would you like Andre James to already know the system and to be able to help a young rookie? Or would you like Max Crosby to know exactly what's expected on a certain play call and be able to explain that to Will Anderson or Jalen Carter who may line up right next to him? Right. I think consistency is key. And I think if the Raiders are going to draft in the top five, which is kind of what it looks like, they should definitely look to keep it consistent. All these guys are trying to hang on to the dung at the very base of a batoxa to crawl up inside there. And that is, uh, well, that's shameful, I tell you right now, because it's not truthful, and it's certainly not the truth being the truth that is the reason why I started doing this show because of Homer's like these guys. Homer alert. Homer alert. Homer alert. Jeff Howe from The Athletic with your boy Q. Coming up on today's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, a really good conversation I had with Jeff Howe from The Athletic on Tuesday on Raider Nation Radio 920. Really good conversation about head coach Josh McDaniels, Dave Ziegler, the plan moving forward, and why he believes that they can still be a really good duo here in Las Vegas with the Raiders. You'll hear that conversation again, a really good conversation. This has been an approach that Mark Davis has wanted to take as a patient, long-range view since he hired Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels. And they want to build something. They don't want another one-and-done or a two-and-done type of situation, uh, something that you know just totally stunts the growth of a franchise. Mm -hmm. So when you bring in two guys who are so familiar with each other in Ziegler and McDaniels, it's with that long-term plan in mind. And I know I've certainly seen on Twitter over the last 24 <laughs> hours, yeah. there's a lot of frustration uh, among Raider fans, and I get that. But dumping McDaniels what, nine games in or 17 games into his tenure as Raiders head coach uh, would stunt the development of this organization. No, it really would, and I've said that multiple times. You just can't keep recycling through coaches, recycling through coaches, recycling through coaches. So I wanted to ask you from a distance. I mean, you know Coach McDaniels. You saw him as a coordinator there in New England. How surprised are you at the slow start that the Raiders have gotten off to sitting there at 2-7? and seven? Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely surprised. And, and I went out there and I, I visited with those guys in the summer when I was doing my training camp tour, and, and I still I fully 
have bought into what that message is. You know, they, they really broke it down. They made it a lot simpler. I, there's a, I understand why there's a stigma on McDaniels from his time in Denver, but he's just such a totally different guy. Uh, he's a different person. He's a different coach. He's in a different phase of life. He understands uh, his responsibilities as the head coach right now a whole lot better than he did. So, you know, there, there's that part of it. And I still think that, you know, he's got the tools to be a successful head coach. The other side is, and I was guilty of this too, you know, I, I thought the, the Raiders had a chance to be a playoff team this year. I, I thought there was a pretty good chance. You know, with the caveat that the AFC West was supposed to be a whole lot more competitive and you didn't really know which one of those teams wasn't going to maybe live up to the expectations, and now all of a sudden two of them haven't. But I, I just think, like, when I was talking to you know the Raiders people out there back in, I think it was July, yeah. I mentioned the aggressive offseason that they had. And they said, hey, I understand why you would call it an aggressive offseason. They went and they, they made the big trade for Devontae Adams. They had long-term contract extensions with some of their core players. On the surface, when you're a brand-new regime, that is going to look aggressive. But beyond that, beyond the Devontae Adams addition, you know, this is a team that really gave out a lot of minimal-level contracts mm-hmm. as they were looking to retool the roster. You knew that there were going to be some holes on the back end of the defense, and really, as it comes down to it, the entire defense has has been underwhelming. And then you knew that there was going to be an issue on the offensive line. We've seen whether it's the Rams or the Patriots or the Raiders, you know, teams that are not getting good, consistent offensive line play are not playing consistent football, not playing winning football. Uh, so I think we kind of looked at the way the Raiders finished last year. And again, this is, I'm not making excuses for the Raiders. Nobody wants to be two and seven down there, believe me. Right. But I think we kind of thought that they were going to be better than they would be just kind of banking on the improbable run that they had at the end of last No doubt about it. Again, Jeff Howells, our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920. My man, DeMond's got one for you. When you, Josh McDaniels has this playbook, a lot of the players on the Raiders team are saying, hey, how expansive it is, how, not hard, but difficult it is to learn. They've compared it to calculus or learning a different <laughs> language. For those transition years with the Patriots, when it was from Cam Newton to Mac Jones, did those players also have that same difficulty with the, with the Josh McDaniels playbook? Yeah, uh, and actually, you know, there's, I, could, I could write a book on, on that question. Uh, so I'll try to keep it as concise as possible. You know, present day, the Patriots, without McDaniels, they kind of redid their offense uh, this offseason. They, they changed the terminology. They wanted it to be more like word association as opposed to just, you know, going off of memory and, you know, words that didn't necessarily mean anything. Another part of that is because McDaniels and Tom Brady were so in sync that that playbook and the, the lingo and the language and everything, like knowing what you had to do before the snap and then how it could change after the snap, you know, that was stuff that if you were, uh, even if you were a talented young receiver, if you were an accomplished veteran, I mean, I remember Joey Galloway coming in with tons of experience back in 2009 and just having no clue what to do. It was a tough system for a lot of different people to learn. And then uh, Rob Gronkowski and Aaron Hernandez come in in 2010, two guys who were on the football field, extremely talented players, high-ish draft picks, and it took Gronk like 10 games to get himself onto the field because he just couldn't pick up the playbook. He couldn't understand the system. Aaron Hernandez had sort of like a quicker start, but kind of faded down the stretch. And the reason why, you know, looking back, I remember talking to coaches from that 2010 team who were saying, yeah, we, we knew these guys were extremely talented. And if you just put them out there and you gave them the simple assignments, they could go, they could get them, they could you know, hit the ground running and be really successful right off the bat. 
They equated it to dropping these guys in the middle of a different country that speaks a different language. And, you know, maybe you can get yourself around, but you can't necessarily talk to the other people in the streets to find out where you're supposed to go because you just you truly can't understand the lingo uh, with that playbook. And that was kind of like what they were equating it to. So I don't know because, again, he doesn't have Tom Brady in Vegas right now, and, and there's a lot, obviously, so many new players that he's dealing with. Like, I, don't, I couldn't say that it's as advanced uh, as a – and actually, I shouldn't say – so back it up. Josh McDaniels wasn't even in New England in 2010, but it was the same offense. Right. So, again, I don't want anybody like, listening to this and being like, this guy has no idea what he's talking about. But it was like a lot of the same system. I mean, even now, like I've talked to people who have said that the Patriots playbook, it's like it's so big that, you know, you basically couldn't even carry it around because they've got archives that are 22 years old. So that's kind of how complicated and complex this whole system is. And again, I just I don't know how much of that he has carried to Vegas and forced upon this new team. Not that I'm doubting these guys at all, and Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels, I am not, but it always is the conversation of once the coordinators get from underneath Bill Belichick, they struggle, right? And, of course, I mean, we've seen plenty of evidence of that. Do you know why that is? Why is it such a struggle once you get from underneath that Belichick tree? Uh, There are – that's another one where, like, you know, we could talk for hours about this because (laughs) everybody kind of wants to point toward, like, the the one common denominator, the Belichick thing. And are guys trying to be too much like Belichick? With McDaniels, you know, I talked to Josh about this back in in July again, and it was – I asked him that question. I'm like, all right, there's, like, this stigma, you know, you guys go to different places. You try to be too much like Belichick. Is that accurate? And Josh put it in a way that I hadn't fully comprehended until I heard it straight from him. He's like, look, you know, I, I came into this league as a 23-year-old. I got that Denver job as a 32-year-old. So everything that he had known from a professional coaching standpoint was from Bill Belichick. So when there was adversity or, you know, if, there was, a, you know, something on defense or special teams that maybe he should have delegated to his assistants. He just stepped in and said, Larry, you know, I saw Bill do this. I'm going to try to handle it this way because this is just the only way I know. It wasn't that he was trying to be Bill Belichick. It was that he, he watched a guy do it a particular way for the better part of 10 years. So it's like, you know, anytime somebody gets stressed or faces adversity, you're going to just naturally rely on the things that you've known and seen to work from somebody, a mentor, and that kind of got him into some trouble. So, like, you talk about the delegation, he's got a staff now with the Raiders that he's a whole lot more familiar with than the group that he was able to bring in in Denver those first couple of years. So he trusts these guys. If there's an issue, hey, I trust this staff to fix it more than he did or more than he allowed himself to in Denver. Now, again, it hasn't translated to wins the way that they thought they would. But, uh, again, I, I still believe that this is a guy who is capable of handling that process as long as the patience continues to be on its side. All right, the patience is on his side, and we keep hearing people say, hey, Josh McDaniel, once he gets his guys in. And I know that people are tired of hearing about Patriots West and the mm-hmm. Patriots way, but in New England, was that also a common theme where, hey, we need a, we need the right guys? It's not about, hey, is someone talented or not, but we need the right players to fit into our system because that's what it seems like we're getting a lot of here in Vegas is that they need the right guys for Josh McDaniel's system. No, it's a, it's a really good question. And, you know, I'll start off with, I remember Belichick saying, this was like probably 10 plus years ago, maybe even 15 years ago, when he was talking about like this, the one and done or the two and done coaching thing that kind of 
really caught a lot of steam uh, since you know in the 2000s, and he equated it to his own situation. You know, he was five and eleven in 2000 with the Patriots, lost his first two games, so he lost 13 of his first 18 with the Patriots. And Robert Kraft went against conventional wisdom to bring in Bill Belichick. He got pressured from the league not to bring him in. He got pressured from TV executives who were like, look at how boring this guy is in his press conferences. He's not marketable. But Kraft wanted to stick with him. And, and, you know, ultimately things turned around a whole hell of a lot faster <laughs> in 2001 than anybody could have ever imagined. But, you know, spin it forward, Belichick candidly said he didn't have his system fully in place in New England until 2003. So that's going into his fourth season. Now, the reality, which I think is unfortunate in a lot of cases, is a lot of coaches don't get till their fourth season anymore. So you have to show signs of progress by this, by year two and by year three, or again, you kind of start this cycle over. What you really don't want to have happen is like a Bears situation. You know, they're not the only ones who have done this, but like mm-hmm. you get a, all of a sudden you got a GM and then it's staggered with a new coach and then you hire the coach and maybe the owner likes the coach more than the previous GM and then he fires the GM and then you just start pairing the wrong people together. And then next, next thing you know, you're in like a 12 to 15 year vortex and you can't get better than eight and eight. So like those, that's like the worst possible case scenario. Now, in terms of like what types of players he needs, it doesn't necessarily need to be Bill Belichick types of players, but you know, the, the one thing that Belichick has been knocked on is he's passed on maybe some high-end talent in the draft, guys that you knew could be bona fide superstars, and, and gotten a less sexy name. He's gotten criticized in draft night. I don't think that Josh is trying to go out there and get a whole lot of New England retreads, but I think he's going to have some of those principles in place where he's going to have a vision for how he wants to use guys, and he just needs the time to acquire them. So hopefully you enjoyed that conversation right there with Jeff Howe from The Athletic. Really good stuff. I thought he provided a lot of insight. Does that mean that Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler are going to get things turned around? No, but it just kind of gives you a little bit of a peek behind the curtain, and I think sometimes we need to do that. Again, I know some people are just not going to be sold on head coach Josh McDaniels as long as he's there, especially with the way that they're losing right now. And Maybe if they go on some kind of run the rest of the season, who knows? Maybe that'll change, but I understand being skeptical, especially with New England uh, coordinators that haven't really panned out once they leave that Bill Belichick, uh, you know, umbrella and that little, uh, you know, that that little bubble that they have going on there in New England. So Homer alert, it's Bologna right from the behind you. And let me just say, don't waste your time. But you can listen. It's pretty funny to me. It's comical, really, but sad in a sad kind of way. So without further ado, let's get on to the three stooges. Hit it, Randy. Yes, we have Mo, which is, of course, without any doubt, do you have any doubt in your mind, it's it's Mark Davis. Quiet, numbskulls. I'm broadcasting. With his Mo haircut. <laughs> and if you're too young to know the Three Stooges, just Google it up. Get on YouTube. Check them out. It's a perfect example of this team's structure from ownership down. Because the next one in line would be Larry. I can't see. I can't see. What's the matter? I got my eyes closed. Larry's perfect example of our new general manager. (laughs) 
And of course, Curly. Curly with no hair. That would be our knucklehead coach. Lovable, laughable, totally unable to take serious, a non-leader of men. And that's how I'm saying it right now. We got the Three Stooges running the Raiders. And I feel sorry for anyone vested in this team. And while I've got it on my mind, let me just remind you, you know, if you're upset about what's happening with this team, if you're angered at all, I mean, you got to be a little upset. But if you're upset, tell all your friends, neighbors, and mainly family, do not, and I repeat, do not buy a ticket, do not buy a jersey, do not buy a glove, a shot glass, do not buy a product from the Raiders. If you want to send a message to Mark Davis, you want to send a message to the ownership, well, the only way he's going to hear you is if you don't give him your money. And so I'll just say that right now, right off the bat, because that's the best way to protest this mess of a team, this mess of an organization, and the buffoonery of the owner. And Mark Davis saying that he has faith and he likes the way McDaniels is handling the team. And this quote, which Stephen A. Smith just came out and went crazy on. If you got that, Randy, hit that for sure. Well, when you talk about their defense is horrid, when we talk about issues with the offensive line, when you talk about Derek Carr and Josh McDaniel not being on the same page, and I'm not going to let owner Mark Davis off the hook. I want... Mark Davis, mm. uh, who I've met a couple of times, um, I actually like. I want to say this on national television to Mark Davis. That was one of the dumbest quotes I've ever seen an owner make. That was just stupid. You're not stupid. You're not dumb. But the quote you gave was one of the dumbest quotes I've ever seen from an owner. Your team was just in the playoffs last year. Masaccia went 7-5 and five in the 12 games he coached. They won the last four games during the regular season to get to the postseason. And it was a competitive playoff game against the Bengals, if I remember correctly. Yes, yes. The fact of the matter is, the last five weeks of the 2021 season, we saw a playoff team. We saw a playoff caliber quarterback who elevated himself to true, to be in the true face of that franchise because of the manner in which he led the team after all of that adversity from John Gruden and all of that stuff that happened. The fact of the matter is Derek Carr was the leader. You said that's not where we want to go. You went out and got Josh McDaniel, and suddenly y'all can't win close games. Y'all are 2-7. and seven. We're halfway through the season, and your season is over. The team doesn't even look like they want to be on the field. We now have no doubt half of them want to be in Vegas because most of them want to be in Vegas. We get that. They don't want to be on a football field, okay? And it's very glaring, very conspicuous, very evident. And so as a result, Keyshawn's not wrong about Josh McDaniel. Mina Combs is not wrong about Derek Carr and Josh McDaniels and what you're lacking. But it ultimately comes back to you, Mark Davis, because when you give an idiotic, unquestionably an idiotic quote like that, 
in Vegas, Sin City, where people go to make their dreams come true, even if it's just for one night or one week or one month, you're going to tell everybody Rome was not built in a day? That's got to be the dumbest quote that I've ever seen from an owner. It was stupid. And what you need to do is call the reporters back and retract that damn quote and make sure that you say something more sensible and accountable for the atrocity that you got going on. Because you got cats that don't want to be in a Raiders uniform. What happened to just win, baby? What happened to the silver and black? What happened to that pride? What happened to all of that? It's trash right now. And you're going to tell the people Rome wasn't built in a day? I mean, that's just pathetic. That's what the, I'm going to say it one last time. The dumbest quote I have seen in recent memory from an owner. Just dumb. Rome wasn't built in a day. Can you imagine Al Davis saying Rome Rome wasn't built in a day. Can you imagine him saying, we've got all the time in the world. Let's take our time and build this team up. That wasn't Al. Anyone who knows Al, that was not the way he did things. He tried to get players in here, quality, and continue to win games. Because, you know, I miss Al because his phrases were clearly true. I mean, he might not have done the best job, but... He did his best to bring players in here that he thought would improve this organization. Not lip service to the fan base, which is a total slap in the face of the fan. Mark Davis sits at the little boy table at the owners' meetings. He's really not a true owner. He's an absentee owner who plays in football but really isn't emotionally invested not as much as the listeners of this show i can guarantee you that so once again do not buy a paper clip that has raiders on it that would be my suggestion all right let's get to joss mcdonald's because mcdonald's <laughs> the cheapest food you can get on the planet is exactly what we have. Unbelievable. In his last 29 games, seven wins. That's horrible. In 2009, he took a Denver team that was a really good team he got rid of their quarterback that, that year at the end of that season. They went 6-0 and to start, and they dropped it the rest of the way down the stretch. The next season, they went 3-9. and Sound familiar? No, because we're going 2-7. and We'll probably go maybe 2-15. and Right now we pick second in the draft. No doubt that they're looking for a new quarterback because they are. This is his plan, been his plan all along. And the lip service by management and ownership has just been, I don't know, if it's a slap in the face to me as a fan. I mean, thank goodness I'm not invested, but goodness gracious. Pick Tim Tebow shortly before he was fired 
because he's a horrible leader of men. Now, when he left the team, they went to the playoffs. As soon as he was gone, as soon as he left, the new coaching staff came in, took the team he had, built a foundation, and took off to the championship. That tells you everything you need to know about this guy. His last press conference today, the 16th of November, was like five minutes. And all the questions from the homers in the room were just laughable. He looked like the deer in the headlights and not a Mike Tomlin, not a leader of men, not a Bill Belichick, no. He couldn't. He couldn't hold Bill Belichick's jockstrap, and Bill wouldn't let him. I'm telling you that for sure. He has hired coaches of questionable skill. His number one questionable skill coach, which is the biggest 800-pound gorilla in the room, is his defensive coordinator, Patrick I need a gram of something to wake up during a game is the worst defensive coordinator we have had since Paula Gunther. I've said this before because it's factual. He's worse than Gunther because he's 32nd in defense. Last of all the teams. He is last for good reason. His scheme is terrible. He doesn't put players in position, yet they continue to try to put more players on the team because, like, McDonald, old McDonald likes to say, oh, we're changing the culture. Last year was a winning culture, and they've ruined it. Homer alert. Homer alert. Homer alert. State of the Nation podcast with Tosh and Reed. You know, I think we we all talk about last season how much of a success it was, but they did win six walk-off games. And that stuff tends to not translate from year to year. Like they very easily could have been like a six or seven win team last year. Like like it was only a couple of handful of plays from the difference from that. And that ten to seven record of making the playoffs, almost beating the Bengals is almost misleading. The defense sucked last year. The offensive line was not good. The offense as a whole kind of came and went. You know, obviously there were some other reasons because of that. You know, Mark Davis might have been convinced, like, oh, we only need a piece or two, Devontae Adams, Chandler Jones, a new coach to kind of reconstruct the offensive philosophy to to go in and try to win this thing. Clearly, that's not the case. And, and so maybe they they kind of got, when I say they, Mark Mark Davis and the powers that be maybe got caught up in a little bit of the, the mirage that was the run that they made last season. They've ruined Derek Carr. May I say, I want to tell you, all the fans who say they want him to go, you watch when he's gone. I want to see where everyone complaining and crying about the knucklehead will have to take his place. It took years to find a decent quarterback. And trust me, McDaniels is no picker of quality QBs. I guarantee it. He brought in someone who he quickly got rid of because he sucked. McDaniels is no head coach. And our general manager, I question highly for his skill and observation and his big horse pooey speech on evaluation. Oh, it sounded so good. It sounded so good. 
Said it's so good. We're going to evaluate every player, every person, all the way down the whole front office. But he's not going to value himself or his coach because, man, they don't want to lose this gig because they're making money for free. Absolute joke. Mark Davis should know it's a joke. I'm telling you, don't buy his stuff. Wait till we got a winning season. Wait till they get rid of this clown. This clown, <laughs> before he took our gig, which was a great team, and to destroy it, you know, uh, before he took our gig, he took a gig with the Indianapolis Colts. He said, yes, I'll take it. They interviewed him. It was all handshakes and smiles. Then he went back home. He hired a staff. They left their houses, put them on the market, got ready to move to Indy, and before calling any one of them, he backed out of the deal, leaving his staff members with nothing. Is this the character that Mark Davis hired? Oh, yes. Is this the championship guy that we want to take our team to the Super Bowl? Oh, no, because it's not going to happen. I guarantee it, and I've been following his team for decades, and I can tell you this is the worst combination of buffoonery I've seen. I mean, I've seen a lot. We Anyone who's watched this team for any length of time can tell you. So he cost people jobs, never had an official apology, you know, failed, completely failed. This guy came in to our organization and he spent $344.5 million on contracts this season to give a 2-7 and seven record and Mark Davis saying, oh, he's doing a great job. Absolutely disgraceful. Patrick Graham had 11 three agents come in. We have two guys that are still on the team. And they're not playing very well. You know, our number one acquisition, Jones, looks like a deer in the headlights. He's lost and he's gone. He he doesn't practice hard. He's one of the guys that Carr's talking about. He's no invest, investment here in the Raiders except for his paycheck. Great spiel, another great talker. Matter of fact, the next time they hire a guy, they should make sure that he doesn't have the rah-rah speech down, that he just says, I'm going to get in there and do it, and that's all. Because Jones fooled me. Neil Farrow Jr., Matthew Butler, defensive lineman, garbage. We heard on Sunday following the game, we heard a very emotional Derek Carr and basically talking about everyone's not bought in. Then we heard Devontae Adams, and you heard that on Monday's podcast uh, in the locker room, and he basically let it be known everyone's not bought in. Well, the funny thing is so many people want me to speculate and say, okay, well, who is it, Q? Who's the ones who weren't bought in? I, I'm not in the position to say that. I'm not in the position to tell who's, uh, you know, who's not bought in because I don't know. If I knew, I could tell you, but I don't know. But – when I see reports or I hear reports or I talk to people that are in the know, I don't have any problem coming to the table and talking about that. Now, I could think in my head that could potentially it could be a Darren Waller. Potentially it could be a Hunter Renfro. Maybe it's someone else. But now there's actually a name and something, some, some kind of concrete added to it right now. So if you didn't hear Monday's show and you didn't hear Derek Carr 
following the game on Sunday night. Here's Derek Carr talking about players doing whatever they can to get on the practice field. A very emotional Derek Carr. Sorry for being emotional. I'm just pissed off about some of the things that a lot of us try and do just to practice. What we put our bodies through just to sleep at night. And for that to be the result of all that effort pisses me off. Pisses a lot of guys off. It's hard. Knowing what some guys are doing. Like I said, just to practice what they're putting in their body just to sleep at night. And I wish everybody in that room felt the same way about this place. And as a leader, that pisses me off. Okay, so there you go. A lot of folks wanted uh, anybody and everybody to speculate on who those players could be. Well, Vinny Bonsignor, who does a great job with the Las Vegas Review Journal, also Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness, put out a piece, Sources, Raiders' Frustration Grows Over Waller's Absence. So, okay, boom. Now there's a name added to it, right? It's just one name. Not saying that it's the only name. So I quick reached out to Vinny and was like, hey, man, you got to come on the show so you can at least for a couple minutes talk about what is, uh, you know, what's going on with Darren Waller and the frustration that's going on with them. So uh, here's Vinny Bonsignor from my radio show on Monday just talking about his piece. Again, it's called Raiders Frustration Grows Over Waller's Absence. And, you know, is that who he feels like or is that uh, what's going on when Derek Carr and Devontae Adams are talking about players all not being bought in? Yeah, um, it, it, it definitely frustration growing that, um, you know, the, basically the sense is he's not doing everything he needs to do uh, to get himself on the football field. And uh, either that or maybe it's time just to get on the football field. You know what I'm saying? So um, there's a lot of guys that are putting in all the work uh, to get out there and to play and to be available. And, and you know, there's a hamstring issue that has kept uh, Darren out for basically five games, the last five games, and three more, that'll be eight games, that he'll have missed uh, before he's eligible to come off the uh, injured list. And at a time when the Raiders need uh, everybody out there, especially their core pieces, uh, there's a feeling like, Darren, um, it's time to get out on the football field. Obviously, that's not going to happen regardless because he is on the injured reserve list, but it sounded like they were kind of, you know, um, frustrated and said, all right, well, we're not going to keep going through this every week, trying to get you ready and hoping that you're ready, only for you not to be uh, ready. We'll just put you on the injured reserve list and hope to get you back when we can. But there's definitely frustration over this. So there you go right there. And it's such a hard subject to talk about, about a guy being all the way bought in or a guy not doing everything he can to get onto uh, the practice field and and get out there and and play. But the one thing I know is that Darren Waller is, is so badly missed in this offense and Darren Waller was upset following the first game of the year when he slammed closed the locker and Devontae said something like damn Darren right I mean Darren Waller goes from being basically the number one target to all of a sudden you know he gets the he gets the leftovers from what Devontae Adams uh, brings to the table and again I don't know if that's what the case is all I know is that he didn't he wasn't out there in training camp very much you know I know that for a fact he was out there early and I gave him credit for that but then all of a sudden he started missing a lot of time and then he came back, and he really hasn't done too much at all this season, right? I mean, he's missed so many games, and who knows if he returns? I mean, he's got to miss at least three more games, but who knows? He might not come back at all this season for all we know, right? And then, of course, there was the conversation out there, and uh, the reports came out that the Green Bay Packers had reached out and tried to you know, uh, trade for Darren Waller. And so it just seems like there's a lot of question marks, and there's a lot of folks questioning uh, his, his want to, as far as I'm concerned, when it comes to Darren Waller. And, that's not good. That's a bad look. 
And again, I said it at the, you know, during training camp, during preseason, you've got to give this three-headed monster, this potential three-headed monster, an opportunity to see what it looks like, right? I mean, a lot of folks said, don't give Darren Waller a contract extension. He's too old. He's got a couple of years on his deal still. He's, uh, you know, he's a guy that's injury prone. And right now, I mean, those are looking like the smart people because, well, he's not out there. And he did have a couple of years left. And I don't know if right now the front office is having buyer's remorse. Like, hey, man, we just gave him this contract extension. Now he's not even working hard to get out there. And I'll tell you right now, I'll be the first to say, I never thought that Darren Waller would be the guy that they questioned. I never thought that Darren Waller would, you know, be a guy that, that got paid and then all of a sudden took his foot off the gas, right? He always, to me, and this is just me, seemed like he was a guy that wanted to be out there with his guys and wanted nothing more than to be out there playing. And, and maybe he does. And maybe he just can't go because he's injured. And see, that's the, that's the hard part in this thing. This whole conversation is talking about a guy who potentially could be injured and really feels like he can't go. And, you know, he might believe that, hey, he's doing everything he can to be out there. But the, the players in the locker room, the, the coaches might start questioning and say, yeah, we don't think you're doing enough. And you heard what Vinny said. Hey, you know what? Forget it. We're just going to put you on IR. And that's the last thing you want, because then you don't want resentment, you know, and that's that can all of a sudden lead to a, a, a long term problem with the silver and black. And so I don't know. What's going to be the end result of this? I don't know if Darren Waller long term is with the if the with the Raiders. I don't know if he goes into the offseason and changes are made. I don't know, but this could be the beginning of the end as far as Darren Waller concerned. If people in the front office, in particular, are really questioning Darren Waller and questioning his want to to get on the field, if they're questioning him, I feel like he's as good as gone. If it's just the players, he has an opportunity to come back and smooth that over, but. It's not a good look, especially when the best player on the team and Devontae Adams is calling you out. And then you got your quarterback uh, on the, you know, on the podium uh, in tears because he feels like everyone's not bought in. And again, they might not necessarily have been talking just to Darren Waller. There could be multiple guys. You know, we found out on uh, on Monday from head coach Josh McDaniels that Matthew Butler and uh, Neil Farrell Jr. Uh, were two guys that were inactive on Sunday because of discipline, which is something that we talked about on Monday's show that I, I thought that they were out or that that's the reason why they were out. And then Cleve Farrell, you know, uh, uh, Vinny Bonsignor even said, yeah, Cleve Farrell was the other guy. That's why he was inactive. You know, all three of those guys uh, were out because of discipline reasons, you know, and that's not good. You know, especially Clee. Clee's been around, but maybe Clee's like, you know what? Hell, I only got a couple more games left here anyway, and then I'm gone. So what does it even matter? I mean, that can very well easily be the situation. But either way you look at it, man, it's not a, it's not a good look. It's concerning. But now there's at least a name to the conversation that Derek was having and the conversation that Devontae was having. So hopefully, uh, you know, everything is able to be okay. You know, hopefully they're they're able to get over it and give them themselves an opportunity at this, you know, this what I think could be a really good uh, offense. But, you know, they can't be a really good offense if they're not all out there. And that's Devontae, that's Darren, and that's Hunter Renfro. And right now, two of the three are not out there. Mo, Larry, and Curly, the three stooges, in full force, dismantling, disrupting, destroying this team. And the worst part, I think, about the whole McDonald's, McDaniels, the clown, the stooge, however you want to call him, the whole travesty about it is the owner just looks at the fans and says, what do you mean? He's doing a great job. State of the Nation podcast with Jimmy Durkin, Vic Tafer, Ted Nguyen, and Toshin Reed. Mark Davis talked to a few people this week, and 
after, you know, Monday when, when Josh McDaniels said that no, there hasn't really been any big clandestine meeting, you know, nothing like that. Mark pretty shortly after came out and like, no, he's he's going to be back in 2023, which I think that part of it is fine. Um, he knows that McDaniels is kind of flapping there in the wind a little bit right now, uh, that everybody's uh, throwing heat at him, that you know, the people that didn't like the hire are just now doubling down on why they didn't like the hire. And we all talked last week and, and you know, after last game that, yeah, it probably doesn't make sense or they probably can't feasibly you know, afford to get rid of him after one season. But to take it to the level of it, to say he's doing a fantastic job, I mean, it's words. They don't really mean a whole lot, but I don't know. It seems a little bit over the top. You know, Vic, I know you kind of felt like, okay, if things go really bad, I mean, what if this team is two and 15? Like, you know, maybe the players don't like him. Maybe the players don't want to play for him. And they hear that the owner is just already out, out there supporting him and saying, yeah, he's back in 2023. I mean, if this season goes really bad and you see a team that quits on him, and I'm not saying that's going to happen, but I don't know that I'd want to already so so soon declare, like, no, no matter what, he's coming back in 2023. Yeah, I thought Davis's comments were incredibly tone deaf. I think you're pretty much saying that a 2-7 and seven start doesn't matter. I mean, he's done, done a fantastic job. So now, if they do go, say, whatever, I mean, 3-14, and and 14, whatever, uh, it doesn't matter. I mean, he's already said that he's done a great job. So it's not based on a team that says just win, baby, and commitment to excellence. That's your franchise motto. Uh, that doesn't, that's no longer true. I mean, you don't have to win. You can just um, somehow, I don't know, convince your owner you're doing a good job by saying you got some injuries and the roster wasn't that good. And I don't know what the hell he's telling them. But I mean, obviously, he hasn't convinced that uh, they're doing good things. I'm not based on what he's watching on film. They just got out coached by Jeff Saturday. They blow leads every week. They lose close games, which usually is a sign of, you know, of coaching. I mean, discipline is, is down because the penalties are up. And that's also a coaching sign. I mean, the play call has been great. The defense is, is god awful. I just, um, I thought it was a really um, – I knew he was going to – I mean, I figured he'd give him a little a vote of support and tell yeah, we, we, we're behind him. But to come out so strong, I think, is a disservice to Raider fans. I think it's uh, it shows either he has no intention to admit that he was wrong or he's going to consider it, or maybe he doesn't have the money to fire him. I don't know. Maybe his cash flow is still a problem. But um, I just thought it was incredibly tone deaf, and uh, I don't want to say dumb, but um, just a real slap in the face for, for Raider fans who pay a lot of money to watch this product every every week. Yeah, I think he was just trying to be as supportive as he can in, you know, in this moment, because I'm sure, you know, he they're, they're hearing all the um, the noise around Josh McDaniels. So he's trying to be supportive, but I agree it's the wrong word to use, because basically what he's saying is um, the team stinks. He's saying everybody else around him stinks. And for him to squeeze out two wins, it's fantastic, you know, out, out of this this terrible roster supposedly it, you know i think that's the message that is sent when you say he's doing a a fantastic job and uh, you know i don't i don't think he really thought that through or um you know i think he was just trying to give big games as much support as he can but I, I think that's the message that gets sent when you say something like that yeah i think even if mark davis does think he he made a mistake like i, I think you know speaking of what vic just mentioned at the end there like i don't think they have the money to do this like to, to fire him in year one i mean all you have to really look at in terms of their cash flow issues is all the signing bonuses for the new deals that they gave out this past offseason i mean in in this modern era teams aren't giving out such insignificant signing bonuses and, and not lowering that year one cap hit and pushing it in the future like the raiders basically didn't do that with anybody max crosby Derek carr Devontae adams chandler jones like all these guys have 
a lot of salary later on in their in their contracts and uh, you know, I mean, you don't, you don't just do that for no reason. You know what I mean? Like, like there, there's reasons behind that. And the, you know, you already paid out a big settlement to John Gruden last year. He would have to pay out, you know, Josh McDaniels has three years left on his contract after this year. You had to pay that out and you have to go get another coach and potentially another GM. Like that's just, you know, based off of what we've seen, like it just doesn't line up. And so even if he wanted to, which it doesn't, I don't think he does, but even if he did, like, I'm not sure he'd be able to do it. All right. Well, I mean, let's talk a little bit more about McDaniels is when McDaniels talked on Monday, a day after Derek Carr tearfully essentially called out his teammates for the lack of effort. And Devontae Adams seemed to agree with him in the locker room. You've got Josh McDaniels. No, I, I don't I don't see any problem with the team's effort. And maybe he doesn't. Maybe he thinks everything's fine. And um, maybe and maybe, you know, as we hinted before, Derek Carr's main concern is is Josh McDaniels, but and he's the, the way he kind of presented it was, you know, it kind of seemed like maybe he's calling out his teammates, but maybe it was McDaniels. I don't know. But the way that McDaniels responded to that, to essentially say, no, you know, yeah, I know my quarterback was up here, you know, emotional and, and calling out the effort, but I don't see any of that. Like we we can kind of, I mean, if we didn't think that there was a disconnect between the coach and the quarterback before it's very clear now these guys are not on the same page on anything they're not on the same page with the offense they're not on the same page with the pulse of the locker room and i, I just i know Derek carr say oh i love josh blah 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 we don't, you know we don't have to believe that i mean th- those are those are words i, I just this seems like a, a coach quarterback relationship that um is, is probably beyond repair yeah, and it wasn't just Derek Carr. I mean, Devontae Adams in the locker room pretty much echoed his his same comments about guys not being bought in and having the level of effort that they need um, in, in different words. And so, you know, guys like Carr and Devontae aren't going to come out and say that if it's not real, especially to us as the media. Like, they might say that amongst each other, but not not publicly like that. And so, but, you know, I guess, you know, McDaniels knows that that's on him if that does exist. And so it's... It, it, it's better image wise to say that you don't think that's an issue to be like, yeah, like the locker room is falling apart. Like they hate each other. They hate me. Like that would make him look terrible. Right. And so I don't think there's a lot of incentive for him to lean into that notion. Right. At least publicly in the press conference. To me, like my response to that at least is like, you know what? That's not something that I've noticed, but if my leaders are telling me that and my leaders are saying that publicly, that's something I need to get addressed and I need to go meet with these guys and I need to find out what the issues are that they see. I would, it, for him to like dismiss it as something that he has not seen, like that's my issue. Like he's got, I, I would come out and say that's not something I've seen. But if those guys are noticing that, then I need to get to the bottom of it. Yeah, and that's fair. I mean, and you know, I mean, you know, in terms of having a post in the locker room, like obviously the player is always going to have a better idea to a degree than the coaching staff. But as you said, like if you if you just haven't seen it or they've been acting on their, their P's and Q's when you're around and then when you're away is when it kind of falls apart. I mean, like you said, it's your, it's your job to go in there and, and figure that out. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you guys are right. I think Carr saying and Adam saying the players aren't buying in and the effort is not there, you know, throughout the entire locker room. That's a knock on the coaching staff. That's a knock on, on, on McDaniels. And he can't he can't say, oh, yeah, that's probably true. I'm probably not getting these guys to play hard enough. I mean, you can't say that. And then, but you could definitely could handle it better. I think um, I think the one thing is even, you know, the, half the fan base who doesn't like Derek Carr has to admit that he cares. I mean, I mean crying may not be the way a lot of players would go about it. I and mean, he couldn't he'd be broke down and maybe kind of couldn't hold it all in. But he clearly cares. He's been in nine years. He's paid his dues. He wants to win here. He said that a million times. And I think Josh McDaniel's response, 
uh, not being uh, at all emotional or kind of vested or kind of almost dismissive of what Derek said. I don't think he cares about winning this year. I think that, and the owner kind of gave him that pass. Winning is not important this year. I mean, you can do whatever you want, and uh, you can kind of get some guys you brought in in terms of the draft picks and some of the phrasing to give him some more playing time. But so far, that hasn't really done much. But I don't think it matters to him this year to win or lose. And I think it does Derek Carr because his clock is ticking and his future here is not is not secure. So I think maybe he starts to realize that. I mean, that's why he gets so emotional. But uh, they're clearly on different pages, uh, the quarterback and the and the coach. Yeah, you can just tell. I mean, the post-game press conference, like, for me, Josh McDaniels immediately came off as somebody, like, he's not happy that he's losing, but he's like, he knows he's safe. Like, you just tell by his demeanor, like, he doesn't look flustered at all. Like, I've, I've seen coaches that are about to get fired. Like, like it doesn't look like that. And, and so uh, with, with Derek Carr, I think a lot of that emotion, you know, it probably does come from what he's seen from other guys around the locker room, but he also knows that if somebody's going to take the fall for this, it's going to be him. Like you know, the way his contract is structured is very easy for them to move on. The way that they're headed record wise, they're going to be in position to replace him. Like he's not stupid. Like he knows how this business works. Like, you know, he, he's, I think he sees what's, what's coming. And then that, that most likely contributed to how emotional he was. You know, and what obviously appears to be coming is the word that they don't want to say. It's the word that, that Mark Davis used in the introductory press conference as an example of what this team was not going to be. He said it was, this is not a rebuild. Um, but, now, Josh McDaniels is telling us, but it is a build. It's it's not a rebuild. I don't like that word, but 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 it is a build. Um, it's a cycle of what every three four years the Raiders are in a rebuild, and and that's clearly what they they her- appear to be handed down. Um, but it's it's a very disjointed one because if you were going to be in a rebuild mode, if you thought that if you thought that there was a chance that after year one you were going to be in a rebuild. I just don't understand the moves that they made this offseason. And clearly, I mean, I guess what they thought was, okay, let's give Derek a big piece, give him a Devonta Adams. Let's add a big piece to our defense in Chandler Jones. And we'll not do much otherwise, you know, so that we can keep our assets for the future other than, you know, the, the, the two picks they gave up for Devonte. And we'll see if like just giving him, just giving us those couple of pieces is enough for us to sneak back in the playoffs. But um, the the one I still can't square is Darren Waller. I mean, if, if they were offered a second round pick two weeks ago for Darren Waller, I, I just I still I, I sit here today and I can't imagine why you wouldn't take that. Um, and and maybe it was just these last two games that finally convinced them that it was time to rebuild. But uh, I mean, they were two and five two weeks ago when uh, when they could have got a second round pick there. And and I we we mentioned it. They probably feel like they can get that in the off season, so maybe it doesn't really matter. But um, it just it 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 doesn't it, the thing when you bring in a new regime is even if things don't go well, you want to see that they have a clear vision. And we're 10 months into this tenure and it's already feeling disjointed. It's me. You have to wonder how much changed when uh, Devonta Adams became available and they realized they had a chance to get him. If that changed their thinking, because, um, uh, you know, obviously he's a, he's a unique player and a guy you, you want to get. And maybe you think, okay, maybe that gives us a shot. But but even after that, and they got Chandler Jones, they always hedged. I mean, they had, like, I wrote, and people, I'm sure, make fun of it. There was definitely a window where this team could be in contention for the whole thing. They had to make some more moves. They had to follow it up. They had to address the old line. Had to get an impact player at a D-tackle. That's some of these, these you know, lower-level guys they got. They got. And also – at an impact cornerback, and they had a chance to get Stephon Gilmore. There's guys out there, so they had twenty million dollars, I think, in the cap space. So at that point, I think you you have a shot to say, you know what, we we have enough talent now, we can definitely make a run for this. But they hedged because I think they said, you know what, if we go all in and we don't, work, it doesn't work. 
you know, we we're going to be hard to explain that to to our owner. And so now they've always planted the seeds like, well, we're we're good, but we have issues. Or you know, God, those draft picks in the past really killed us. I mean, man, you know, John Gruden and Mike Mack sucked. And so I'm sure those things were planted with Mark Davis just as a hedge. And now they're playing out the hedge. Now they're like, you know what? Whoa, you know. And we'll, we'll have Adams. We'll have Adams next year. He'll, he's still great. He's a, a cornerstone, but we can build around him and, and as we rebuild. So, or, or build, sorry. But, yeah, I think that, I mean, their focus and their plan this offseason was not ever really um, ironed in as far as what they want to do and, and proceed in, in a in an urgent fashion. What a load of buffoonery and what an insult to people who spend their hard-earned money to go to Vegas and see a game for their own team and see them fall apart because they're not in position to win because the coaching staff is horrific. It is less than bad. And the lies continue to fly. I mean, this is not a rebuild. We are going to take the team to the next level. The next level? The next level down. Matter of fact, a few levels down. We were nowhere near this dysfunctional, nowhere near this bad before this clown show showed up. And the fact that he's lying right to your face. Mark, come on, Mo. Yep, 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 yep. Yep. Complete waste of money, waste of talent, waste of time. And let me tell you, the Broncos took a few years to get back on their feet. Took them a while to managed to heal up some of these relationships and get the correct players back in that they had lost and to find a quarterback. They still haven't found one. They still wasted that first-round pick. They're still looking. They went out and spent $258 million. Russell Wilson has been a abject failure. And you know why? I'll tell you why. It's not his, his fault, just like it's not Derek's car's fault. They have Hackett. They have Hackett, the second worst coach in the league. We are so blessed that there's a comedic show right in our own division and another you know, team that everyone thought, oh, no, here they come. The Broncos will be great. But they hired Nathaniel Hackett, which is a- another complete laughable joke and not a leader of men. You could listen to McDonald and Hackett and superimpose their press conferences together and they sound like they're brothers. Both lost, both have no direction, both afraid because the team sees right through them. They're like cellophane bags Wrapping Christmas presents. You can see what's in there. You can see right through these coaches, both of them. And thank goodness there's another one in our division. At least we don't look that bad. We look pretty bad. But Hackett is also a terrible leader of men and not a leader of men. And so is McDaniels. He is a not leader of men. And he will crawl back. If Belichick's still coaching, he will crawl back, mark my words, and get that job back next year. If Mark doesn't fire him, when we start off next season, 0-4, which is absolutely what's going to happen, 
And then this last press conference he just had today was just a glimpse into his, well, you know, we have to build. We're building. We're building. The tone's totally changed from we're going to win to now we're going to build. Yeah, look, I don't think anybody's happy with the results of the games. I think that's, you know, that, that, that's always been clear that we, we all want to do better. Um, I think that, <clears throat> you know, I appreciate Mark's support. I've always appreciated it. I've said that a number of times that, um, you know, we all, we're all here because of him and we all want to do right by him. And so um, I think that, you know, we knew when we came here that this is a – Long, longer term, you know, view of how do we get this thing to repeat, you know, and, and that hasn't happened here in a little while. And, um, you know, and this again, the immediate results that we've gotten so far, they they aren't they aren't what everybody's hoping for or wanting. Um, but I think we're we're also trying to keep an eye on a lot of things that would go into how do you sustain it once you get it, you know. See, it's not it's not easy to get, but once you get it, how do you sustain it? And that's not easy either. So um, the, he's been great to us, and I appreciate his support. Um, he's continued to try to give us anything we, we, we need or ask for to try to help us be successful, and um, I think I appreciate his long-term view on it too. I really do. And speaking on that sustaining note, I mean, you, with New England, you've seen it sustain probably more than any other franchise in mm-hmm. the century. What, what goes into sustaining that success when you are able to find it? There's a lot of things. It's not one thing. Um, and, again, I, when I first got there, it wasn't there. You know, it wasn't there. And, uh, you know, it took a little time, and it took some, some painstaking processes, um, you know, and, and, some, and a lot of effort, a lot of work, a lot of um, creating of good habits, new habits in many regards that weren't there before because, you know, that's when you change, you know, uh, when you change visions or philosophies or cultures, um, it doesn't. It just doesn't happen overnight, where everybody just all of a sudden is the same, you know, and adopts it. And we're not all from the same background. We're not all from the same place. Um, and and we're going to try to do it the best way for us here. We're not trying to copy everything that we that we've you know that Dave and I have been a part of. We're trying to do some of it, but also we're taking a lot of input from other people and trying to figure out what works best for us and. But there's a lot of things that, that go into that, you know, scouting, personnel acquisition, pr- draft process, free agency, player development, player d- acquisition, uh, you know, just all of that stuff really goes into staff building, team building. Um, there's a lot that goes into ultimately having something that you can say, man, I feel pretty good about what we have here. Everybody's on the same page, and now we're going to continue to work to to keep it sustained as we go forward. And so um, again, I'm not patient in terms of trying to win and lose. We want to win. And, we want to win every time we step on the field. That's what we're trying to do. But I, I do have some understanding of the type of patience we may need in order to ultimately get to where we're trying to go. I believe. How quickly, how quickly were you able to kind of diagnose that it was going to be a little bit of a struggle and take a little bit longer to get to where you want to be? Uh, it, the thing, you know. Ultimately, we've been in a bunch of games, you know, and, and, and so, I, like I said, I choose to believe that those are right there and we have an opportunity if we can just, you know, improve and, and do a few things better. And, again, that's, that's coaching, playing, everything. That's not just one thing. Um, so I, I'm not ready to say anything about where we are or where we're not. You know, I'm, we're going to dive in this week and we're going to do everything we can to win this one and keep going. And, you know, at the end of the day, we'll figure out, you know, 
what 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 wasn't working, what isn't working, and and then we'll try to make some adjustments to to help it grow going forward. But um, I don't think anybody's hitting a, a button right now and saying, "Hey, we're it's not this or not that." We're going to keep going with it and keep evaluating ourselves and everybody around us and and figure out exactly what we need to do as we move forward. Homer alert! Homer alert! Homer alert! Davonte Adams. If you look at a lot of these games that we're losing, it's just kind of coming down to, you know, the, the execution and some of these critical moments. And if we just would have found a way to pull it off, um, you know, it'd be a completely different feeling around the building. So I think we just got to focus on that as much as possible to, to keep ourselves in it, keep our minds in it. And, you know, it's not healthy to, to run around here, like I said, with a frown on all day just because, you know, we're losing. The, the fact of the matter is we are very close to, you know, where we want to be. We're just not quite, um, you know, playing 60 minutes and, I think that's what's contributing to it. But the more we can kind of keep our heads up and keep our minds right, um, you know, that'll give us the best chance to at least try to, you know, finish the right way. Javante, when, when the team owner comes out, basically gives the coach a load of confidence, does that let you guys in the locker room just kind of like exhale as well and say, you know, let's just play because there's no change coming anytime soon? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sure for some guys, my, my mind has always been like that. And, you know, I've always had, uh, you know, the – I don't know if the feeling is the right word, but, you know, at least hoping that that'd be the case and that they, you know, be patient with the, the whole process. I mean, you look at the, the history of this place. I mean, I don't think a playoff game has been won in over 20 years here. And, um, you know, there's no magic coach that's going to come in and, and change that. And I think that Josh is doing a great job and he, he, he does deserve that in my mind. I think that, um, you know, we can all be better in certain instances, but um, you know, some of the greatest coaches that this league has seen has had some tough times, and I'm sure they didn't all come out the block sprinting. You know, you know, like Usain Bolt, uh, you know, starting their career off or or starting with a new organization. So I think it's a good move by him doing that. Um, it's good for Josh. Good for the rest of the guys too. To that note, Josh mentioned you know the fact that you know he wants and it's still something that's going to be a long-term repeatable success here. You know, what are some things you can point to that kind of are the building blocks to that? Well, I mean. Honestly, you talking about from Josh in particular? Yeah, just in terms of what it's implemented like that. Well, I mean, just the discipline part of it. You look at, you know, there's, there's measurable things, right? Like, um, you know, I'm pretty sure that I don't know where the, the numbers lie, but this team definitely wasn't, you know, at the top of the league in ball security and, and taking care of the ball. And that's something that he emphasized and has kind of harped on. And, um, you know, since the moment he walked through the building, it's something that he wanted to, you know, help help Josh with, you know, his ball security, his just the way he holds the ball and different things like that. Um, you know, talking to me about it and, 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 you know, really everybody. It's been something that's been, like I said, harped on since since day one. So, and you look at it now and we're, you know, we, we're the best team in the league at taking care of the ball. So, um, obviously, when you look at some of the things that are measurable like that, it's, it's pretty easy to see. And when you go from being one of the worst at something to the, to the best at something and you have all the same players, you know, for the most part, you know, that, that, that means that somebody's doing their job as far as, you know, pointing something out or, making it known and, and at least bringing awareness to the fact that, you know, something can be better, can be done better. All the coaching staffs that I've had have done enough to put the players in position to go out there and get it done. And, um, you know, like I said, I just don't like making excuses. And the easy thing to do is blame it on a, a call or whatever. At the end of the day, you know, there's, there's nothing that a call could have done. Obviously, you know, part of it is a guessing game, too, because as a coach, you're you're calling a play for the situation. You know, it's third and two. What do what do teams run against you against third and two a lot? And you're just hoping that you get the call, for, you know, that goes with the, the, the corresponding uh, play that you have called. So 
um, it's, it's not always that easy. So they're doing their best job to, they're not calling a play, you know, that, that they think that the defense is going to stop us on. So at the end of the day, they're calling the best play that they think is, is going to work. And then we got to go out there and, and execute it. So, um, you know, everybody's got a responsibility, but I'd much rather put the burden on myself, you know, because I, I can control that. I can't control what the coach is doing or, you know, another player is doing. You know, if everybody puts that burden on themselves and, um, you know, it means enough to them to do that, then I feel like that's when you have, you know, a really successful team. This desperation is the same exact plan he had in Denver, and we are suffering an identical, identical, Result. The owner of the Broncos was too proud, too proud to say no, too proud to say goodbye, or too broke and didn't want to pay. And if Mark Davis did not get some type of a, I don't know, let's just say an incentive for winning or an out for losing, then he's just as dumb as the Three Stooges. Hello. 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 All right. Let me ride that donkey. Donkey. Better yet, let's ride. <laughs> the Denver Broncos at three and six. Wow, what a contest. The Las Vegas Raiders travel to mile. You got to get high to play there. Broncos Stadium, whatever field they're calling it these days, to take on our division rivals. What a contest. That's right, the 2-7 and seven Las Vegas Raiders, a powerhouse of offensive plays run by the mind. Yes, Megamind is what I should call them. It's perfect. We spent a lot of time this morning talking about the differences in the two um, rosters, honestly, and the the getting familiar with the players we're getting ready to play against this time. You don't always have this um, the challenge of that because you, you a lot of times there's some familiarity and you're you're repeating a lot of the things that you said. But you know, I'd say with all the the, the guys that have either gone on IR or aren't there anymore, and now some of the guys that are back, this is kind of a new uh, you know a new opponent in many regards. You know, so. Some of the guys are the same, but there's plenty that's different. Obviously, there's plenty that's up in the air, too. So um, we're going to be busy studying uh, the potential um, matchups uh, that we could be faced with and the guys that they're going to play against. So uh, a little bit of a unique situation. Josh, what's it uh, going to be like for you walking back there as a head coach? Um, I don't – I mean, I've been back there many times. Um, not uh, Obviously not as a head coach, but – I've been back there many times as an assistant. Um, <clears throat> I don't expect it, you know. I mean, I'm not – I usually am just focused on the game. So, um, just uh, excited for the opportunity, obviously. Um, like I said, 
I know that everybody associates bad memories uh, with, with places that they've left if it wasn't necessarily on your terms, but I don't really look at it that way. Uh, they gave me a great opportunity. Uh, I was very thankful for that when I got it. Um, still am. And I've used it, um, you know, many, many times over to try to improve myself, hopefully as a coach and as a person. So, um, you know, there's a lot of people still there that I have a great deal of respect for and admiration. And um, just, you know, we'll just try to do the best we can here to compete. But this is this will not be about me. This will be about our football team trying to to win on the road and win in the division on the road. Yes, McDonald's meets Jack in the Box there in Denver. They are three and six and also wondering what happened to their team, although their defense is one of the top defenses in the league. They're actually starting to hit a stride, and I know it's hard to believe they're three-point favors at home, but I really honestly think, and I know this is a surprise, <laughs> that they're going to beat us at home. The Denver Broncos, one of the worst organizations in professional sports, is going to beat the Las Vegas Three Stooges Raiders in their house. And the reason I say this is their defense is really good. Their offense is hacky-sacky, but their defense is really good. Where our defense blows and our offense is hacky-sacky. So to me, that kind of spills out victory for Denver. Not a lot about playing the Raiders. Not a lot about how they're going to take care of the Raiders' business. Not a lot about how they're going to get it done. They're just reeling on why they can't get Russell Wilson and his massive contract. $250 million, is that what it is? He's like $46 million a year he makes. A lot of money. I mean, he's second paid, I think, or third paid quarterback in the league. And he's... He leaves each game covered in grass stains. I think he was sacked four or five times, maybe six times last game against the Titans, running for his life. Nathaniel Hackett, let's just not play any games here. He is not the coach, will not be the coach there next season. That I'll put money on right now. He is the problem. And it's not the players, which they try to blame those guys, too. It's kind of interesting how they're also pointing the finger at the players and how they got to get Russ moving. They got to get, just like they got to get Derek Carr moving, we got to get Russell Wilson moving. We got to change the plays for him. We got to put him in a better position to win. And the buffoonery continues just on another team you know the NFL has grown a lot since its inception and I believe they've all figured out the uh, the formula for keeping the fans engaged because I truly believe when the fans are disengaged their money's disengaged again let me remind you not to buy Raiders anything this season hold off wait till we have a reaction from our owner as far as he won't say it. Mark Davis isn't going to come out and say, hey, we're not selling anything, but I will tell you, you will hurt him more. You will deliver the strongest message if that's what you want to do. Or if you want things to continue the same, then just go ahead and buy whatever you want. 
But I will tell you, Raider Nation, right now, if you really are upset, if you're super upset about this team, don't buy a paperclip from the Raiders. Now, if you have season tickets to Las Vegas, yes, sell those tickets to whoever wants to pay you the money. Raider fan preferably, but if not, whoever. doesn't make any difference. Make your money back. Because Mark Davis does not care whether you have those seats or not. Because he's got a line of fools in line ready to pay for them. I'm not in line, by the way. But if you can sell your seats, sell your seats, man. I would sell them (laughs) immediately. All the rest of the games wouldn't go. Why would you want to put yourself through that? Uh, You know, pay all that money and go there to lose and to see the the uh, circus, the Three Stooges, the clown show. You know why this will be a good game to watch, and I hope they have it because the last few games they haven't they haven't aired them here in the Bay Area. Incidentally, let me just throw that out there too. Not on television here where they came from. Not even showing any Raider games here in the local Bay Area where there are thousands and hundreds of thousands of Raider fans. Not on TV. And they're expecting you to buy the NFL tickets so you can get it? Ha <laughs> ha! That's a joke. That's a laugh-a-rooney a minute. Even if they were winning, I wouldn't do it. That's greed personified the nfl is so greedy they're making billions with a b all the owners are coming out with big fat checks because of their teams and they still are looking for ways to dive into your pocketbook and steal your money literally and maybe if our team was a a super bowl bound team and i thought we really had a chance i might i might go somewhere else and see it but I'm not going to put down 300 bucks a year to see this buffoonery. Absolutely no. And if that's the direction, I mean, there's another reason I'm going to jettison this show is because, honestly, as a fan, I mean, I love football is in my blood, man. You guys know? The NFL snuffing it out, honestly. It's taken the the passion and desire for the game and really really making it a sour note for me. Just for me, I'm just compl- I'm just myself. So not on TV, you know. So that's amazing too that I have to watch Dallas and Green Bay play a football game here in the local Bay Area. I mean, really? Honestly, you couldn't figure something better than that out. I mean, Mark Davis, the honest Abe of owners, couldn't get that done. Hey, let's make sure that L.A. and the Bay Area get to see this game because there's where our biggest fan base is. Oh, no, let's just try to sucker them into buying the NFL ticket. Not this fan. You can guarantee that. Will not happen. So back to the game, let me just say that the uh, the Bronco Hose and the Raider game will be 
a comedy of sorts. It should be interesting to watch, see the the two knucklehead coaches in the league with the craziest fan bases that were super, super excited to see this season. And they are dashed on the rocks. Now, I know the the Bronco fans will show up there because they've had season tickets for generations in the same stadium. And so they will be there. I'm sure there'll be Raider Nation there, too. I'm sure people booked this flight, you know, last year, and the whole vacation has been paid for. (laughs) I'm sure they're not super happy about this contest, but I feel sorry for them because they've spent their hard-earned money on this product. And they'll be able to see this clown show, though. It should be entertaining. It should be like, um, like a circus. Like, where's the next act coming out on the field? We'll see. You know, I, I expect to see Russell Wilson come out and just tear it up. Because our defense just stinks. I expect Patrick Graham to do exactly what he's done all season, is stand on the sidelines and look stupid. Hands on his hips, looking like he cares, just clueless. Clueless. Someone hand him a latte. Uh, so, yeah, I expect this game to be uh, buffoonery at its best. Should be funny. Uh, should be some comedy in here. Let's hope to see it. I'd love for us to win, but I just don't think so. I don't think McDaniels wants to win. I think that's been the plan from the very beginning, behind closed doors. I think that's why all this is going on. They want to lose, lose, lose. Derek Carr is on a short-term contract. They can get rid of him, which they will at the end of the season. They'll get a few draft picks for him. He'll go to another team if he wants to, and he'll play lights out and do a great job. I hope that he takes him to the Super Bowl. And then we'll be stuck with Tim Tebow, and then another losing season, and then that's what's going to happen. I'm telling you, man, the writing is on the wall. I'm not like so so soothsayer, but, hey, man, history will repeat itself with us. And the next thing you'll see is Josh McDonald's. <laughs> cheapest hamburgers on the planet going back to Patriot country, back home. Back to his family and friends and neighborhood. And leave us in the dust just like he did the Colts and the Broncos. So let's watch this game with entertainment in mind. And if you have time, please don't waste your time watching it. Don't, 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 don't not go to things that your kids are doing. Please. This team is not worthy of your time. Go do your thing. Record the game if you get it, which would be good. If you get it, record it. And then watch it at your leisure when you got time. Don't take time away from your family for this buffoonery. Don't take money out of your pocketbook for this buffoonery. And, uh, well, that's about all I have to say about that because, you know, in our last game, let me just go through this since I'm here against the Colts and Jeff Saturday. Mark Schlereth's going to call the game in Denver, by the way. That'll be really entertaining. But long story short, Jeff Saturday beat us. He 
He was teaching high school football just before he taught this game. He brought back the ancient quarterback who had a record run, I think it was 43 yards, 34 yards. Never ran that far in his entire career. You know, this is the buffoonery that is the Raiders. And on Jalen and Jacoby, great, great guys to listen to. They're they're super funny. Jalen dropped 350 on the Raiders to win. <laughs> uh, and he whined about it the whole first part of the show. I laughed, man. There's no way I would bet on this team. No way. Not even. I don't have any hope for this team. Why would I bet on them? Don't waste your money. Complete joke. Those who saw this game, you know, the last series, you know, we can go the last offensive series, series of the game when we had a chance to win. Here's a perfect example of McDonald's hamburgers and cheese where we have a great running back that can get it done. We run the ball one time and pass three times. And the plays that were called, you watch it. I watched it afterwards. Complete lack of coaching, a complete lack of play calling and knowledge of the game. When you can be a fan and see that you can try to get that first down so we can get make a field goal, maybe. Win the game with a touchdown, maybe. Absolute, unbelievable failure. From the top down, that's all i got to say. Let's get to the bone line. Let's listen to you guys. Bad of the bone. 1-800-620-7181. 1-800-620-7181. Six two zero seven one eight one. Let's get to the heart of the Raider Nation, because that's really the heart. It's not there in Vegas. The heart is right here on every show that has fans involved, because Raider Nation is what holds the team, builds the team, what pays all the money for the salaries they're earned and the profits to the owner. So let's not forget that we are not powerless as a fan base. Not at all. Spread the word, man. I'm telling you right now, that's the best thing. And I'm not the only one saying it. There's other podcasts saying the same thing, which should make a difference. I know if I were an owner and all of a sudden the money just totally stopped, that would be concerning, especially with all the bills I got to pay. So who's first on the bone line? Again, 1-800-620-7181. And our first caller is the Bluegrass Raider. Good caller, long time. What's happening, brother? Raider Greg, Raider Randy, Raider Nation, Bluegrass Raider back again. I have been called since week two debacle against Arizona. I'd pretty much given up on the season, and I was already looking forward to next year. And as of right now, that seems to be the right call. Later, Greg, I'll try to make this short and sweet. Uh, the coaching, I just listened to the last podcast, and the very thing you said at the end about the history of the team and a bunch of the fans, 
being bandwagoners and all those things. I couldn't agree more. Now, I was born in the 80s, and yeah, I might not have lived to have seen. It might have been before my time, all the great times of the 60s and 70s and whatnot, but I still learned about my team's history, and I still appreciated it a heck of a lot more than the sham that it is now. I couldn't put into words how much I miss Al Davis because he would have absolutely demolished this sham of a coaching staff probably by the end of week two itself after we blew that 20-point lead against the Cardinals. he They would have been gone. We would have already had interim head coaches, which, by the way, Rich Bisaccia could probably coach circles. No, I know he could. He could coach circles around McDougal's. No problem. Absolutely no problem. And I challenge anybody out there to tell me otherwise. This guy is an absolute farce of a head coach. He has absolutely no business being a head coach. We've been down this road before. I'm just scared of the fact that we are stuck with this guy for five, ten seasons. I really hope that's not the case. I really hope not. And I really hope you don't give up on the show, Raider Greg. I know how demoralizing it can be, trust me. But you give us a chance to vent. Your show is awesome. I hope you keep at it. And I understand if you can't for a while. I totally get it. But until then, I would love to hear how you react to all this. And go Raiders. First off, thanks for the call, brother. It's always good. I know it's been a while since we've heard from you, but I always like when you call. Yes, Al Davis, I'm telling you, Lane Kiffin, remember, I don't know if you guys have been around, but remember the Lane Kiffin video press conference. Al was getting a little long in the tooth, but still, he held on to the team with a iron grip. And Lane Kiffin was doing some buffoonery that, Al Davis just didn't like, wasn't part of the program, and he put it on the screen for a specific reason. He got rid of Lane Kiffin and didn't have to pay him because he fired him for cause, right? I didn't hire the person I thought I was hiring. And this morning, I called Lane and told him that uh, he no longer is the head coach of the Oakland Raiders and uh, I'm dismissing him with cause. He says, does that mean I don't get paid? I said, that's what I'm saying to you. Now, I don't know if that's in this knucklehead's contract. I know we're stuck with him for at least two years. And if he continues on his path, he's going to do the same thing he did the Broncos. And we we just have to look at the Broncos now to see how far they've fallen since their last run. And so that's kind of where we're at. Yeah, if Al Davis was here, certainly would be a different story. But he's not. Uh, we have Mo instead, and the ownership is really super disconnected from the fan base when he can lie straight to your face and say he thinks McDaniels is doing a fine job. I don't know what team he's looking at, but it's certainly not the team that he owns. Appreciate the call, my good brother, as always. And our next caller from Oaktown, California, Raider Tad, is in the house. What's up, brother? 
Raider Randy, Raider Greg. This is Raiders Pat from Oakland, California. I guess I haven't called in for 11 or 12 years. It's been a while. Been listening to this podcast for since, oh, I guess when you started maybe. But here you guys might be packing it up and, and not doing this podcast anymore. I'll be bummed out. I listened to another Raider podcast, which I enjoy as well. But I've been listening to this one for as long as I can remember. So. Um, I'm disappointed about how the Raiders are performing, but I think that uh, we were not, we were sort of a playoff team last year, but not really. We were good enough to make a playoff game, but we were not really a good team uh, upstairs. And I think that hopefully it's going to take a while to, to straighten the ship, but we're constantly trying to straighten the ship because we've had no continuity. But I'm still a Raider fan, 100% through and through and uh <clears throat> i'm kind of a i'm kind of a Derek carr guy so i just uh just keep the ship going straight that's it just keep the ship going straight but uh i'm gonna miss you guys if you guys uh pack it up but <clears throat> go Raiders. well appreciate the props brother always we love the raider nation that's why we started that's why we're here we want to give you guys an out, a place to vent. That was what I did. That's why I started this show, because of this very buffoonery that we're going through right now. We were a playoff team because we went to the playoffs. We were a super playoff team because we had such a bad rap. We had a player that killed someone on the road. During a DUI, our coach had left the building because of questionable things said that the NFL tried to slap on him. That lawsuit is still going forward. Can't wait to see how that ends. And the team was in complete disarray, had no management. There was nobody there yet. In the last five games, they came up and with a seven-win game and went to the playoffs and nearly beat the eventual AFC representatives. Now, don't tell me we're not a playoff team because we went to the playoffs and we nearly won. And Derek Carr, all you car haters out there, I'm going to tell you, don't forget this. If he goes, you guys get everything that you deserve. Because he's a good quarterback. He's a smart quarterback. He's a wise guy. There is something to be said for someone who can do the job. And the fact that McDougal's can't put a team around him. And, a, and you know, he's just trying to tank. Let's just put it where it is. Carr's not going to be here next year. So I uh, just want everyone, when he gone, he's gone and all these people are all excited. <laughs> you just wait because I'll be there. I'll be there laughing until our third or fourth quarterback down the road might pan out because that's how it goes. You know, just because you get a first, second, or third-round quarterback, first, second, third pick quarterback does not mean anything at all. Thanks for the call, brother. And our next caller is Raider Tom out of Minneapolis, Minnesota, What's going on, my good brother? I love this guy. I love you, Tom. What's going on, my brother? 
Reader, Greg Reader, Tom out of Minneapolis, Minnesota. Um, just wanted you, I know yesterday it was Veterans Day, but I want to say thank you to all the firefighters out there, police officers and ambulance drivers. October 30th was my 65th birthday, and I was having massive, massive chest pains. I mean, really, really bad. Thank God for nitroglycerin and everything. And the fire department, paramedics showed up, police showed up, the, para, the what do you call it, the ambulance showed up, and I was rushed to the hospital. They gave me some nitroglycerin, took away the heart pain. It was a, it was just those people. You guys, the firefighters, and that's what you used to do, Greg, are amazing, and thank you. I'm still here, out of the hospital. It, it, they rushed me to the hospital and put me on a light sedative. I could hear them working around me. It's it like a NASCAR team working around me. I got this, I got this fan, I got this fan. I was like, I thought that was my last day being on this earth. But nope, I'm still here. I am okay. I'm home. 65 years old now, just like you, uh, Greg. We were born in 1957. Tomorrow we're playing the Colts, and I'm looking forward to watching that game. If you know if it's on TV here in Minneapolis, I don't know if it's going to be or not. Uh, Yannick, uh, looking forward to seeing him play. The Raiders traded him. I don't know what's going on with the Raider team. It's, it's just horrible. It's, I thought we were going to be doing better with Devontae Adams and all the necessary people we got on the offense. I mean, it, we, we got a great team on paper. But on the field, we look like we look horrible on field. Anyways, Greg, thank you very, very much for your for your podcast. And again, I want to thank you and firefighters and paramedics because you guys are the backbone. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You take care, Raider Greg. Again, this is Tom. Take care. Bye bye. Wow, Tom. Thank God that you're still here. That is a very eye-opening and life-threatening and scary, very scary thing to go through. And I was blessed to be able to be one of those guys out there, paramedic for many years. And Randy, too. Randy was out there doing it. I love my job. I miss it dearly. But I know what they were doing for you, bro. They were doing their job, trying to get it done. Far better than our team. That team is a real team. And thank you for the props, man. I appreciate it very, very much. Even though I'm retired, I do miss it. And I know exactly what was going on with you. And I am so, so glad that the Lord has blessed you with more days here at home. You have a big family. You've got a great family. And I just hope that you get the post-care you really need to keep living. Because none of us make it out of here. But, man, you don't want to go. you got a young family still. you got... Uh, you got lots going on, my good brother, and it was great to hear from you. I'm so glad that you did okay, and I'm glad those guys knew what they were doing, and they did a good job. And uh, thank you for the props, Randy, and I certainly appreciate it. And our next caller, do you smell some cheese? <laughs> well, it's not a McDonald's cheeseburger, but it is the Cheesehead Raider. What's up, brother? Raider Greg, Raider Randy, Raider Nation. This is the Cheesehead Raider calling from Wisconsin. We just lost to the Indianapolis Colts, who had fired their head coach um, and had a analyst from BSPN coach them, and we shot ourselves in the foot, beat ourselves with penalties. Uh, I don't care that we didn't have Hunter Renfro. I don't care that we didn't have Darren Waller. 
Um, we are the worst team in the NFL. I think maybe, and this is a huge maybe, win one more game. We are pathetic. We all know why we're pathetic, so there isn't a need to continue to beat that dead horse. And with that, Cheesehead Raider, and I am out. Just the facts, ma'am. Just the facts. Well, those are just the facts. Um, and you said it pretty plainly. There's nothing else. We can't beat this dead horse too much more. You know, but we're not going to have a choice to do much else because there's no winning involved here. There's no football involved here. There's no skill for the players to be here. There's no plays that are called that are right for the moment. So we can just watch the buffoonery. This will be a good game to watch, though. The the Broncos with their anemic coach and the uh, Raiders with our anemic coach. The only difference is Broncos got a really good defense. And our defensive coordinator, the statue, you know, the statue that needs someone hand him a latte or something. Uh, horrible defense. I don't care how many players we got on our team. This guy doesn't know anything. Send him back to the Giants. Love the call, brother. And our next caller, David and Melody253 of the Northwest Raider Nation. What is up, brother? Raider Greg, Raider Randy, and David and Melody253, Northwest Raider Nation. Just got through watching the Colts game. Uh, you know, I don't even want to talk about the game. You know, I don't even want to talk about the season. What I do want to talk about, though, is, I don't know, for the last maybe three or four years, I've probably told you twice, you know, don't give up the show. You know, we need you. The bone line, all this stuff, you know. But right now, I just want to tell you, Raider Greg, that I respect your decision. And I just want to tell you thank you for everything, for all the years that you guys done for us, done for me and my family. I appreciate you, Raider Greg. I appreciate you, Raider Randy. And I appreciate the Raider Nation, the Bone Line, all you callers. Thank you guys, too. Appreciate you guys with all my heart. I love you all, you guys. And I just want to say, Raider Greg, I stand by your decision. I understand. It's time, you know. If you feel like it's time, I stick by you, man, 110%. We love you guys anyways. And, uh, hey, wherever the road takes us, we'll see you again. I'm out, guys. Later. Well, first off, thank you, really, from the bottom of our hearts, Randy and mine. You know, um, man, we wanted to end on a Super Bowl. We wanted to end on a championship year where we were really making some progress. This is the last thing that we wanted to do is ended on this kind of season and this kind of circumstance of all things. But yes, you know, it's, it's just time. And thank you for understanding that. And I appreciate that. And, you know, I do love every single caller and people who haven't called people who just listen to the show and don't want to call or don't feel like they can call or whatever. You know, we appreciate everybody who has picked up this podcast, listened to it on their way to work, got a giggle, got a chuckle, got some info, got a smile. Because those things, those are the reasons we did the show. 
And I do love the Raider Nation. Randy and I both do. We have had a hell of a run. And it's been a long time. And so I appreciate your support, man. I'm glad you understand. It's not about the team. It's not about the team. Uh, We wanted to go out like on a Super Bowl year. That would have been great. But um, that's not what's happening. And it looks like it's not going to be happening for many years to come. And, man, I'm just tired. I don't know about Randy. I think he is, too. He can he can pipe up any minute <laughs> if he wants. But I'm so tired. I haven't slept a wink. I'm so tired. My mind is on the blink. I think I speak for both of us. We love the Raider Nation, man. This is going to be the hardest part about it is leaving our fans and the people who call and even the people who don't. I appreciate this support, good brother. Sounds to me like you really understand. Thanks for the call. And our next caller is the ear and the eyes of the Raider Nation podcast. They're in Las Vegas. I love this guy like a brother. It's Raider Steve in Vegas. He is one of the most passionate Raider fans that I know. What's happening, my good brother? Hey, Raider Greg. It's Raider Steve in Vegas. Um, Raiders just lost to the Colts, uh, which is funny. You know, at the beginning of the season, I was supposed to meet – the brother of a really close friend that I've never met before. We're going to meet at the Colts game. But he decided not to come to Vegas because the Colts sucked so bad that he didn't want to see him lose to the Raiders. And then about four weeks in, you know, we both decided this is not going to happen. And I said, well, you guys will probably win. And then, you know, I work in sports betting. And so, like, it seemed so obvious that the Raiders should win this game. And yet, all the people I talked to, nobody ever mentioned wanting to bet on this game, which means they have no idea. That means that, 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 that they believe the Raiders could lose this game. And I thought, how is that possible? We have this amazing coach who's got six Super Bowl rings, and he's going to lose to a new coach for another team. Now, I know there's that old adage. It happened to us last year, too, right? change the coach, the team comes in fired up, uh, and that, that's basically the truth, but it, it, it's still not an excuse. I don't understand how we can keep McDaniels. Uh, I sold my tickets for this game. I'm so glad I didn't go. If I had gone, I'd be in a really dark place right now. And I am in a dark place, but not as dark as it could have been. I mean, I'm looking up at the sky right now, and it's, it's kind of bright. You know? I'm doing my best daily to avoid this team, avoid podcasts. I didn't even make it through your last podcast, man. That's how hard I'm trying. And it's nothing against you. I just, I, I have to try and cut this virus out of my life that is the Raiders. And uh, I can. It'll never, like, even if I cut it out temporarily, it'll come back. Something I can't get rid of. Uh, but, man, it is so discouraging. We lost to the Colts, who just fired their coats last week. First off, thank you for calling in, brother. You know, your opinion means a lot to me because I know how much you're invested emotionally. 
That being said, yes, me too. I mean, usually, if if they weren't showing the game here, I'd have to go down to the casino and watch it. But I don't even want to do that. I'll listen to it on the radio. I'll listen to the play-by-play. I don't need to see the buffoonery. I can listen to it. And even then, you know what? It's not that important. Because my love and desire to see this team win is not shared by the ownership. And knowing that, knowing that completely, then I can detach myself from that feeling. The feeling of you know, wanting my team to win at all costs. I do, but I'm not the owner. I'm not the coach. I mean, it's not the players. You know that as well as I do. It's not the players that are having a problem. It's the players being coached by a buffoon on both sides of the ball. Our defense last year was way better. I think it was 18th. We're 32nd. We're the worst defense in the NFL. Our offense is in the toilet. And that's due to our coach. That's all it is. Let's get that straight immediately. They can put any players on our team, and it will. the result will be exactly the same. Nothing will change. They could change every single player in the locker room, and the result will be the same. So I don't blame you at all for having that feeling, not listening to my show. That's fine. I mean, that's good, too. If you need to do that, bro, I'm 150% behind you. And when the sports book, as you know, doesn't see the bets coming for that team, you know what it means. Somebody knows what's up. Somebody with that's holding on to the money knows what's happening. And I'm going to tell you, I've been saying this the whole time, they're tanking, they want to get a high draft pick, they want to pick a new quarterback. Well, good luck with Tim Tebow, because that's what's going to happen, Mark Davis. The Three Stooges, whap, whap, whap. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I hope you youngsters know who they are, because, man, they were funny. And if you don't know who they are, check them out on YouTube. They are a laugh. Thanks for the call, my good friend. And our next caller is the Carson Raider from Carson, California. What's happening, brother? What's up, Raider Greg, Raider Randy? This is the Carson Raider. And I must say, my heart is torn into pieces, man. I just finished watching this uh, Derek Carr presser and reading all the little um, posts on Twitter about how they think he's talking about Josh McAss. It's just really, 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 really suspicious how a playoff team a year ago can be this horrendous. And some people are saying that Derek Carr got lied to and Josh McAss wants to tank and get his prospect for next year and just tear the team from inside out, man. And I believe it, too. But this is what I'm going to tell you, brother. 
I need Mark Davis to grow a pair of big fat ones. Look at this clown ass in the face. And just throw a big F you. And kick him in the behind. Leaving him crying all the way to Foxdale. If Mark Davis can do that, I will respect him. I will never, never, never think low of him again. Ever. Even if we suck all these years, just the fact that he does that, he's earned my respect for life. But you know what it is, brother. You know what the truth of reality is, and I know you're still in your damn bones, is that Mark Davis has nothing down there. Mark Davis has a spineless owner. And like you said, even perfectly, he's a little kid who has to sit in his little corner desk while the grown-ups do the talk. And if he scapegoats Derek Carr and keeps this clown of a coach and his staff, I'm boycotting the Raiders, but I'm not buying no gear. I'm not doing nothing. I'm just telling you like it is. It just, I just hate seeing his douchebag face on the TV screen. It makes me sick to my damn stomach. And I know it does you too, brother. You know I got love for you guys, love for you, Raider Nation. But I know you guys are with me when I say we need to get rid of this clown. And it needs to happen yesterday, all right? Please. I hope to see that news tomorrow. But if I don't, you know my stance, and I think we're all united in that way. Love you guys, Raider Nation. I'm out. Very well said, brother. Very well said. I love Derek Carr, man. He's a good guy. He puts 110% into every game. He has had seven, eight coaches? Nuts. That's nuts for any quarterback. That That is no stability, and he continues to play. He continues to get out there and get it done. And Mark Davis is at the little boy's table at the owner's meeting. You know, he's he's not even in the, the circle of the circle. You know, no one takes him seriously because he doesn't say anything at the owner's meetings. He has nothing to add. He's not any big committees. He's nothing. He is an owner by default. He's an owner because his mother really owns the team and he's do, he's managing it as best as he can. And, you know, he doesn't have a pair. We all know that. Mark is a nice guy with no backbone. That's Mark Davis. He couldn't be a pimple on his father's butt if he wanted to be. And that's a sad truth. And, you know, the Lord be with with Mrs. Davis, his mother, because when she passes, you know, Mark's going to have a $300 million tax bill. I know he can't afford that. So, um, yeah, he's not going to have the team forever. So we can look forward to that. We can look forward to that. I don't think Mark's going to have the team forever. I think I hope that a, an owner that comes in with some bravado like Al Someone that comes in with some cojones. Someone that comes in that truly loves the Raiders, that truly loves this team. That's a rarity in football nowadays. You know, the owners are just big businessmen. 
They're not really lovers of the team. If we could find an owner that just loved this team, you know, I might make a big difference. We'll see what happens. But I appreciate your, your, your props. I appreciate your take because it's shared by many fans, bro. And our next caller, my very good brother, Raider Chris from Scranton, PA. This good fan has been calling our show forever, very long. I love his takes. Yet another passionate Raider fan that can lay it down, <laughs> put down a good comment, move on. What's happening, my good brother? Raider Nation, Raider Greg, Raider Randy. This is Raider Chris Grant PA. This phone call is much more important than a football game. Just heard the most devastating news I've heard in a while, and that's the Raider Nation podcast coming to an end. My days are going to be different not hearing, welcome Raider Nation to the Raider Nation podcast. I've been following this podcast since 2012. My boy Pennsylvania Raider got me hooked. And that's, and that's a wrap after that. We all come here together, happy, sad, vent, because we're one big happy family. And to hear Greg tell us that that's a wrap breaks my heart a little bit. Raider Greg, Raider Randy, I thank you from the bottom of my heart for the work, the dedication, the time, the energy you fellows put in to make this show happen. So I speak for myself, and I want to say all the Raider Nation, thank you. Thank you for everything you fellows have done. We'll never forget you guys. And hell, I may even call in to hear the old episodes. Raider Nation, until next week. I'm not like that factor in dodgeball. Wow, brother. Wow, what a great call. And really, you know, you have my utmost respect. And yeah, you know, it's sad. It's sad for us, too. It's not like we're all giddy wanting to leave. We're not running to the door. You know, no one's happy that this we have to leave at this time. We wanted to leave on a high note. And the team was doing great. Maybe we should have left last year. <laughs> uh, but I had hope this year. I had hope we were going to do better. But now, nah, you know, here we are. Hey, man, I appreciate your thoughts, man. I know it's been a long time. We love being in the car with you guys. We love listening. You guys listen wherever you're listening. We love being there. We love doing it, or we wouldn't have done it for, what, 18 years now? It's a long time. A lot of shows. 605 shows, each of them lasting, what, an hour maybe? That's a lot of time. Plus the time Randy puts into it, he puts a load of time in. Yeah, so we put in our heart, soul on this team and on the show because we love you guys, man, because every time we used to travel to a lot of different games all over the country, it was so much fun before COVID. But, um, yeah, we've had some great times, met some great people, had some good, fun times. So it's not like lost on us. Um, we appreciate you guys so much. Thank you for that, Chris, man. You're the man. And our next caller, Raider Jesse James, he's in the house. What is happening? I believe you're from Dallas, Texas. If I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, what's up? 
Way to Greg, Raider Nation, Raider Jesse James. What's going on, family? I hope everyone is well, safe. Raider Greg, first and foremost, I want to start off this call with positivity. I want to thank you for your time, you and Raider Greg, the time you invested, your dedication, your passion, overall, just your wisdom and, and loyalty, not only to, to the Raiders, but to Raider Nation itself. Um, you know, hearing your last podcast sounds to me like mentally you are kind of over this. You know, you're 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 done. And now I hope I'm wrong. I hope we can keep you longer. Um, you know, until the wheels fall off. But seeing what's being displayed right now on the field, what's going, what's what's unraveling before our eyes, I can definitely understand your uh, overall how you feel. And so it's just very unfortunate that, you know, none of us on this podcast and Raider Nation around the world have been able to see success come out of this franchise in the last 20 years. 20 years. Let that sink in. 20 effing years, man. But that being said, again, I hope you uh, find it in you to keep going, whatever you need from us. Let us know. I know it's tough. It's tough even for me to make this call right now, man. It's I don't want to talk Raiders like... You know, but I love the team. You know what I mean? I love the logo. Uh, the owner sucks, you know. Just plain simple, he sucks. Doesn't know how to run a franchise. And we're seeing it unravel before us. That's all I got to say. There's nothing else. Everybody feels the same way I feel, I think, for the most part. Again, we love you, brother. Raider Greg, Raider Randy. Appreciate everything you've done and hopefully what you'll continue to do. I'm out. Well, thank you again, brother. You, uh... Again, my callers, the listeners, <laughs> I don't know how other way to explain it, but uh, it's really touching for us too, dude. This is super emotional for Randy and I, big time. Um, and, you know, we'd love to continue to do it, but it's not about this organization this year. I mean, we've been through this how many times, multiple times. It has nothing to do with that. Nothing to do with our coach or our team or our record has nothing to do with that. Because this show is about the fans and having them being able to vent their feelings and frustrations and their joys too. When we win and we do really well, like last year through the playoffs, it was super exciting. A lot of positive vibes, people talking Raiders. It was great. It's this is great too. Both of the opposite ends of the same coin are good. I mean, it's not that. It's not the team being bad that I'm leaving. It's not the reason that I would leave. I'm just, I'm just tired <laughs> of um, of this. You know, doing this show. Not, not has nothing to do with you. Has nothing to do with the team. Um, it's. I just don't have the the desire and drive like I used to. And uh, I just don't want to shortchange anybody out there because that's not my thing. So I'd rather go out on a season, irregardless of what our record is. But I'm not leaving because of our record. I'm not leaving because of McDonald's. I'm not leaving because of those hammerheads. I'm leaving because I'm tired. You know, and um, and that's it. 
and I'm going to miss these calls. I'm going to miss the bone line more than you guys even know at all. So uh, just know that all of you callers have been a huge part of my life. I look forward to every call. When they come in before the show, I listen to everyone. You know, I find I find it, you know, awesome that you take the time, your personal time, to invest in calling the show and giving your opinion and laying it out there. To me, that's awesome. It's very much like meeting a fan who knows where, you know, at the airport or you know, by wherever, a bus stop or whatever, and you start talking Raiders, that's what it's like for me. You know, I like it. You know, the Raider Nation, there's nothing like it. I don't care what team you belong to, nobody. There's no other fan base, man, I'm going to tell you right now, ever, that could be as close as this fan base. And they can talk about it, they can pretend it, but it's not. You know, you don't... You don't see Bronco fans gathered together, you know, kibitzing. You just don't see it. I've I've been in the airport in Denver. Not happening. I've been all over. I've been all over the place. And I will tell you that wearing a Raiders shirt or a jersey, someone from across the airport walks all the way over. Hey, man, Raider Nation. And then we talk for a half hour, 45 minutes, whatever it is, and it's a great connection. So it's the it's the fans that I love and I'll miss so much. And it's not this team that's, you know, owner's a knucklehead. I can't help that. And uh, like I said, appreciate it all, brother. I certainly do. And our next caller is Raider Junkie from East Whittier. He's in the house. That's from my own hood. Or right down the street from it in Pico Rivera, where it's uh, it's cultural. If you know what I'm saying. What's up, brother? Raider Gray, Raider Randy, this is Raider Junkie from East Whittier. Man, I am ticked off. I just can't believe we lost to a coach, Jeff Saturday. He's only had two games that he has been a head coach. And they were high school football teams. And I can't believe it. He's lost those games. And he comes and coaches one game from being on ESPN as an analyst. Three weeks earlier, said the Raiders look awful. Three weeks later, he's coaching on the sidelines to an NFL victory. My God. Raider Greg, Raider Randy, maybe you guys should get on the sidelines and be one of those couch potatoes and be one of those coordinators from the house like we all are, calling the plays. Hell, we might just do just as good as Josh McDaniels and Mike Lombardi. Let me tell you, I'm just so fed up with this. This is horrible, Raider Greg, horrible. But anyway, let's see what happens next week. I doubt. Anything's going to change. All I know is something's going on. We saw how pissed off Carr was. He was so pissed off, he was crying. Okay, I know, I know, there's no crying in football, but he was so pissed, that's why he got so emotional. And I know he wants to point fingers. I think some players have shut it down. I believe 
at that point, he might have been talking to Darren Waller. He might be shutting it down probably the whole season. He hasn't been there. I don't think he's bought into uh, McDaniel's uh, scheme. I'm just saying that, that I'm just throwing it out there. I'm not sure. But there's just a lot of things going behind the scenes that nobody wants to really talk about Raider Greg. And um, I think the Raider fans deserve more than this. You know, a lot of people paid a lot of money to go watch this game. And this is just a drama, man. This is something like from the house of life of uh, 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 Oakland or Vegas because this is just a big damn soap opera. Hopefully we can change it around next year because uh, from right what I see from now, we're just going to do nothing but uh, get in line for a draft pick. What does that mean? Not really much. But, uh, hey, until next year, hopefully we'll have uh, a better outcome. And let's see who will be the head coach then. If Carr will still be there, we'll find out. Until then, I am so sad, Raider Nation, that this is the kind of product Mark Davis has put on the field for us. I'm out. Late. Well, first off, I'm glad you're feeling better. That's the most important of all this nonsense is you're, you're back and you're healthy and you're calling in uh, and you're able to have these emotions. Don't waste them. Don't, don't let this get your blood pressure too high. <laughs> it ain't worth that at all, bro. Yeah, it is what it is. I, I, there, I don't know what's going on behind closed doors, but there's certainly something. But it's Vegas. You know, Mark doesn't have to worry. It's a blue man group. People come to Vegas, come see their team, and then they gamble and then go home. And you don't have to worry about selling seats because they're sold out. There's not an open seat in that stadium. They are all paid for. Whether someone sits in them or not is a different story, but uh, someone's paid for that seat. If it's empty, there's a reason someone's not in it because he's got his money. So... Again, let me be a broken record here. Don't buy things from the Raiders. Don't buy anything until there's some change. And then go forth and do well. Go forth and buy whatever you need. Get that new jersey for the player that's actually playing. You know, get that, get those gloves, get that hat. Because uh, until then, man, wear that old hat. Wear it out. <laughs> You don't have to get the newest hat because that money goes in Mark's pocket. He don't deserve your money. Love that call, brother. And our next caller from Michigan, it's Wolverine Raiders in the house. What's going on, young man? Hey, Raider Greg. This is uh, Wolverine Raider uh, from Michigan. I'm just calling uh, after the latest debacle in uh, Indianapolis. The Las Vegas McDaniels. I really don't want to call them the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, I think it's all McDaniels um, doing. Um, Just lost to a high school coach, um, which actually for the first time in my life, I was kind of hoping they'd lose, you know, just because it was so delicious you know, for him to lose to a high school coach. Um, I went to the games in Jacksonville. I took my wife, my three kids down. Uh, me and my son went to the Jacksonville. Luckily, we had a 
you know, made a nice vacation out of it down in uh, St. Augustine, Florida, you know, for a nice drive down there. Um, we were there for a few days. But the seasons we lost, of course. Um, we're going to wind up with the top five pick. But the, but the unfortunate part is they're going to draft a quarterback and make Derek Carr the fall guy, get rid of him, which isn't the the problem with the team. It's McDaniels, his lousy defensive coordinator, his lousy scheme, and his entire staff, and that's going to still be here. And they're going to use, you know, the top five pick for a quarterback. And that that's not the issue. They're going to watch them scramble around and maybe run for a few yards, but they're still going to be losers. Um, and so there's nothing but dark, dark days ahead. If there's, if you get a chance, um, Stephen A. Smith on Tuesday on the first take um, program uh, just gave it to Mark Davis with both barrels. It was great. And if you want to add that to the show, I'm sure um, Raider Nation would love to hear that. Um, I was planning on uh, going to see the Raiders play in Detroit, maybe Chicago, maybe fly down to Miami next year. But I'm not spending one red cent on this football team until McDaniels is gone, and that's the way it's going to be. I'm sad to hear you talking about, you know, ending the show. I mean, as miserable it is thinking about the Raiders even. Um, I'm sure it's doubly hard for you and Raider Randy putting all this effort into this joke of a team. Um, but, you know, thanks for, you know, uh, you know what you do. I mean, I, it's, I love hearing you laugh about it because, you know, that's where I'm at. Just, you got to laugh and it's just a joke. And, um, so, uh, till next time, hopefully, um, I haven't called for a while. I'll try to call a little more often while you guys are, you know, doing your podcast. Um, Wolverine Raider out. Wow, brother. That's really good. You're a great fan. And, Going to see a game at a warm weather stadium venue is the best in the winter, especially you live in Michigan. So it's cold there already, and you took your family out of the cold for a nice vacation. That's the best game. I mean, if you're going to go see a game, irregardless of how we're doing, but if you're going to go see a game, go see a game where your family can enjoy the weather. It's nice, you know, do other things besides just the game. you got your son. You know, he's going to be a Raider fan, too, which would be great because they're not always going to be bad. Um, they're a great team to root for, as you know. And all my kids are Raider fans, every one of them. And, um, yeah, I would say don't spend money. That's my 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 thing. I'm standing on the boxes game and this show and saying, don't do it. I mean, if you're going to go see something, go somewhere where it's warm and go see, you know, go to Disney World. Go, uh... Go to the beach in Florida. You know, go to San Diego. Enjoy the weather. 
Make your vacation about your family or your friends and meet up somewhere. Watch the game at a bar, right? So you don't have to spend the crazy money it is for seats and all the other fees you got to pay. And watch them there till they start to get a little better or you see a big change, a positive change. Like, you know, a good coach or a good staff that's going to come in and truly make a difference. And then I'm not leaving the podcast again. I'm not leaving because we're losing. We've been losing for a long time. That's not why. It has nothing to do with that. It's just I'm tired. I'm tired. Tired of putting the energy into it. I think Randy's tired too. We, we've been doing this a little while. We've been doing it just for you guys. And do it for the Raiders. They don't give us a red cent. They don't even give us access anymore because we tell the truth. Now, that's why all these homers like, you know, Sanji, uh, his podcast and other podcasts, uh, not to be mentioned, that have access to the Raiders. They're not going they're going to tiptoe around all the real details because they don't want to get banished because if they upset the owner, you'll just call down the media department, and say, no, those guys aren't going to come in here. They said something bad about me. And that's how it goes. So you're not going to get the real news here. Here's where you got real news this whole time. And also from other podcasts that aren't affiliated, right? Like like the Raiders report. They're, they're, they got a business. They're making money, but they're not making money from the Raiders. So they can be honest. Wi-Fi Willie, honesty. There's other podcasts out there. Sanji, not so much so. Uh, Raider Films, that guy's pretty honest. He's pretty on, on top of stuff. But there's a lot like Rich Gannon or Lincoln Kennedy. Give me a break. You guys are such homers that it's just hard. for I don't even listen to them because I know that they just talk in the company line. And that's not the reality. The Raider fan... That spends their money, their time, their life invested in this team deserve a lot better than those hammerheads. And so I'm glad. I'm glad social media has exploded. I'm glad there's options. I'm glad you don't have to listen to the homers. Listen to them and laugh at them because they're talking out of their bung, if you know what I'm saying. And so listen to what they say. Get a laugh, get a giggle out of it, know that it's, you know, it's horse patooey, and then, you know, move on to someone else that's really telling the truth. Because the truth goes along with the play. See, right now, uh, Mark Davis in his fantasy life somewhere, maybe he's on some kind of drugs, maybe he's on some kind of hallucinogenics that he thinks this coach is doing a fine job. Don't believe it. Mark is cheap. He's the he's the poorest owner still in the league. Can't afford to change his socks. You know, the guy's got no money. And so uh, he can't afford to pay McDougal's or McDonald's and his knucklehead general manager, who I don't tr- trust as far as I could spit. Um, so he's got to keep him. Got to keep him and pay him and let them destroy the team until he finally has enough money where he can let them go. Or they do something so stupid that Mark 
I don't think he has enough gumption to do it, to fire him. I just don't think he has enough class at all. And that's what I'll use as class. Love the call, brother. Thank you. And our next caller out of Pleasanton, California, Raider Colin is in the house. What's happening, Raider Greg, Raider Randy, Raider Nation? This is uh, Raider Colin out in Pleasanton, California. Um, Well, good news. I didn't see the game on Sunday. Uh, And the reason why that's good news uh, means it wasn't on TV um, here in the Bay Area in California, um, which hopefully that means that uh, there's no, you know, royalties or revenues, you know, from TV going to uh, Mark Davis. Um, and hopefully that might motivate them to uh, to make a course correction here and uh, and, and get the, the ship uh, steered in the right way. Um, disappointing, man. So much talent, playoff team, you know, good team. We have the ability to win, but, uh, you know, not the leadership. And uh, and I, I don't mean not having leadership uh, among the in the locker room. Um, yeah, I, I, a lot of talent there. A lot of good veteran quarterback. Obviously, cares watching. You know, Carr's press conference. Uh, you know, can't excuse him of not caring. Um, that's that's for damn sure. Uh, so, um, you know, hopefully uh, this the saga will come to an end. And uh, you know, well. Mark Davis will become less patient uh, going forward. But this is what I wanted to say, guys. Um, you know, hopefully, yeah, if there's less and less of the Raiders on TV because they they suck, then then you know maybe if you hit Dave, Mark Davis in his pocket, that'll uh, that'll make him take some action and, and get us winning. Uh, you know, selling the team would be a good move for Mark. So uh, I agree with you on that, Raider Greg. All right, everybody, uh, be well. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving if I don't call in before then. Uh, love everybody. Bye. Great call. I love the content. I love the fact that they didn't play it here in the Bay Area. I know I couldn't see it either. I listened to it, but uh, I hope that hurts him. I hope that it hurts him in his pocketbook. Because <laughs> trust me, as Raider fans, we have one weapon and one only. You used to be able to call in at Oakland when they had the team there. You could call in, leave a message on the comments, and they'd have to listen to it. They'd record them all, or you could actually email them, and they'd have to read those because that was all the fans who had uh, season tickets had to listen to you. And if you got season tickets, definitely call in and rant and rave. Um, Not that it's going to make much difference. What really matters is Mark's pocketbook. If he starts to see himself losing money, that's how the only voice you have, the only one that counts. So I appreciate the call and, you know, the honesty, which is really cool. Uh, I love it. It's great. Let's just hope things get turned around. Maybe, you know, who knows, but we will win every game. That would be great, too. I, will, I don't want them to lose the rest of the season, but I just have a sneaking suspicion that the snake, uh, old McDonald, had a farm. E-I-E-I lose, uh, that, that guy, that's what he's trying to do.
He did the same exact thing in Denver. Thanks for the call, bro. And our next caller is Matty Rader from Albany, New York. He's been a long-time listener, man. I mean, you've been calling in a long time. What's up, good brother? Hey, guys. Matty Rader, Albany, New York. Hey, this absolutely sucks. Just this season, what's happened to our team in general. But I'm calling about Derek Carr. Um, You know, it's easy to bash him, and I see that, like, a lot of people love uh, the fact that he – uh, had an emotional press conference after the Colts game. But you know what? To me, the guy wears his emotions on his sleeve, and he's sick of losing, man. And so are we. He's probably just sick of losing. Guy's had, what, like eight coordinators in 10 years, 10 seasons or whatever, and he knows that this one doesn't work. Um, and this guy sucks, and he's not going to say that. But uh, I don't feel that he's calling out his teammates I just think the guy's sick of losing and how sweet would it be if the Patriots traded for him in the offseason or got him in the offseason and went to the playoffs or better yet a Super Bowl or the Colts grabbed him or somebody else because you know what you can feel however you want to feel ups and downs I know he's an easy guy to pick on for this team and Greg you said it the last time it's easy to take the company line and blame the players but Derek shows up to play the guy plays hurt he doesn't miss a game, rarely. And, uh, you know, I think the guy's sick of losing. So that's all I wanted to call about. You know, I support the guy. He's our quarterback. So it just sucks, man. Uh, McDoofus is an idiot. Um, Ziegler's hiding, um, you know, claiming uh, to trust the process like the Sixers did a couple years ago when they tanked. And uh, Patrick Graham is the worst D coordinator in the league. That's all I got. Bye. Love the call, Matty Raider. Love it. I love it so much because it's so real. It's so right on point. It's not Derek Carr. And if you remember what it was like before Derek Carr, share that with everyone because I do. I know how many hammerhead quarterbacks we went through. The retreads, the fresh (laughs) draft picks. You know, that's why we're afraid to pick a, a first-round quarterback because they don't pan out. And you got to pay them all the money. I mean, they get a huge check. First-round quarterbacks in a draft, they're getting paid, man. Trust me, not even for throwing a football. Yep, I know. I totally agree with you. Watch Derek go to another team and take them where they could. we could never go all the way to a playoff birth like AFC or NFC championship game or even a Super Bowl I would love it because it would show exactly what he's all about he's a good quarterback man he is definitely not trash all these people talking garbage about him that is not him and if you think so man you are too young to remember or too dumb to know because Look at the franchises that have no good quarterback. Look at them. Snap your head around and look through the league at teams that have no good quarterback and see where they are and listen to their fans. Man, we were spoiled with Derek Carr. We were spoiled. I was so happy when we picked him up from Fresno. Knew he was a Raider fan. Knew he had a passion to play here. 
Anybody making fun of him because he was frustrated and crying is boneheaded and immature and plain stupid because they don't get it and they don't get football. That I know. Appreciate the call, brother. And last, but never least, the fin fatale of the Raider Nation. I love it when the ladies show up. Raider Trace is in the house from New Jersey, no less. Tough, tough, tough town. What's happening, girlfriend? Hey, what up, Raider Greg, Raider Randy, Raider Nation. What's happening, people? This is Tracy from New Jersey. It was a uh, very tough game to watch against the Colts. I watched it from start to finish. To be honest, I felt like the Colts had the emotional momentum, and we didn't. Um, I wish we had the team from last year. I know we can't. I know that's not the situation, but we went through so much last year and was able, we were able to stand up to the adversity that was thrown at us. And this year is just totally just, uh, I guess the, the main thing lacking, obviously, is leadership. Um, but I will say this, the one thing that I am absolutely grateful for is this podcast. The Raider Nation podcast is uh, something, you know, it's what I've come to be able to trust to tell it like it is when it comes to uh, the, t- the Raiders and this team, the ownership. Uh, Raider Greg, you really, you know, you put it down. I remember hearing a podcast during the, the search for the new coach when uh, you suggested Brian Dayball as someone that Mark Davis should look at. And um, I think enough said there. He's done a great job with the Giants, and we're not going anywhere with the guy from New England. So, um, you know, this podcast, please keep it going for as long as you guys possibly can. It's a uh, it's a lifesaver. It's a godsend. It is great. <laughs> um, no shade to the other podcasts, but you know, like I said, you tell it like it is. I've come to really trust and always look forward to hearing what you've got to say. Uh, you know about our team. So, um, you know, message to Mark Davis: Wake up. And give a listen to the Raider Nation podcast if you have any questions on maybe what direction to take the team in. Raider Greg can uh, give you some direction. All right, Raider Nation, I'm out. Peace out. Raider Trey in the house. Thank you so much for all those props, man. Made me smile ear to ear, girl. Yeah, Brian Dable is who I wanted us to get. Yes, absolutely. Much better coach. A respectable coach. A coach with backbone and a coach the players could actually buy into. This bag of blubber that we have there, uh, the blubbering, fumbling, um, no backbone, no, no courage coach that is trying to X and O his way to a championship, can't do it. You can't do it. First of all, thank you for your call. That is so great to hear. It's super inspiring. Thank you very, very much. Um, I appreciate it immensely, Raider Trey. You're very special. Okay. So, yeah, you know, I <laughs> just look at the man. 
Look at the leader. Look at the man. Look at the leader of men. And you can see who would follow this guy. I remember watching McDaniels on the sideline with Tom Brady just ripping him. Just ripping him from one end of the bench to the other. Didn't want to talk to him. Told him to get away from him. And I had never, ever seen Brady do that with Belichick or anyone else. Never seen an open screaming. And you know McDaniels? He cowered like a coward. He threw up his shoulders like a little boy being scolded in school. He didn't command or insist on respect, even at that moment. He was a dog being beat and cowering at the door and shaking and then peeing on the ground. This is our coach. Whether we like it or not, Mark Davis has paid him. The bag has been sent and that ship has sailed, the horses out of the barn, and every other saying you want to use. But fear not, Raider Nation, because we got each other, man. We got to lean on each other. But I just encourage you guys to listen to the truth, like you said, Raider Trey. There are a lot of podcasts that really do spout the truth, and there are some that are just homers. Pro Football Talk and the attorney, I can't even say his name because he disgusts me. His show was all about, well, they're trying to change the culture in Las Vegas. Culture was fine, fine enough to take us to the playoffs with no head coach. The coach that we had was a special team coach. You know what he had? He had respect, respect from the players. And they played for him and us. And that's the difference here. And pro football talk is also a homer to the boner show. Don't give them an ounce of your time. They stink. And Flory Hole is a clown. He thinks he knows so much. <laughs> he is so ignorant. He's so smart. But he's stupid at the same time, if you know what I'm saying. He has no clue on what's happening anywhere because he's so involved with his self and his hairdo and his looks and his image that everything else pales. So that's what makes him a clown. So don't listen to that knucklehead. But I will say this, man. I love the Raider Nation. Randy and I have a great love for this fan base, man. All the calls, all the years, all the fun, all the laughter, even in the worst of times, it's been fun. And that's, you know, it's funny now because you could look at McDaniels. I just want you guys to pay attention to him when he goes out on the field during the Bronco game, if you can see it on TV. If they show it, you got to pay attention to it. And if you go to the game, just like I used to do, get your binoculars out and check it out. Because, you know, he's going in there already knowing the fans hate him. They hate him. And they're overjoyed that he's our coach. Overjoyed. They're so happy. They're happy that he's a Raider coach. Because they, they know that he will destroy the little bit that we have. 
So just enjoy the games, enjoy what you see, make light of the funny things because that's all you can do. That's what I do. That's what I do when I watch the games. I look for other things that are entertaining. Look for the fans. Look for the teams. Look for the team response on the bench. That's another thing that I used to do. You can glean a lot from watching the response of your team and your coach. You know, <laughs> look at Patrick Graham with his just lost look on his face. He is so lost, last in the league defense. All his mumbo-jumbo about his technical but simple defense. What a load. What a load. Anyways, I want to remind you before I sign off that when you call in on the show, that you have to, you can't let the, the phone or your message lag for more than two seconds or it'll hang up on you. So you got to kind of keep rolling and talking. Even if you use a um and an and and an um, it'll keep the recording going. So if you are silent for two seconds, it hangs up. So don't do that. Don't do that, as Arnold would say. And on that note, man, I love you guys. I love the Raider Nation. We do this for you. Don't forget it. I am Raider Greg, and I am out.